This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's got Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is gone and Dean's got work. Whatever. Season six. Come back, bitch and jerk. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. Chris, it is 2018. How do you feel about life, about hunks? Where are you at in this world? I feel strong, more strongly than ever about hunks. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to a lot of uh, a lot of them in 2018. I think that this is, 2018 is going to be the year of the hunk. 2017, it felt like it would have been year of the hunk. It's when we started this podcast. But 2018, mm-hmm. that's when, you know, everybody's just going to be doing push-ups. Everybody's going to be saving the day. Everybody's going to yep. be getting haircuts. And it's just going to be uh, hunks, hunks across the land. You guys are going to see. I was looking at our schedule the other day, and when you say Year of the Hunk, it's it's hard to remember that we covered uh, you know five and a half seasons almost in 2017. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to be finishing season six and doing season seven, eight, nine, and also ten. We're going to finish season ten. This oh my, and that's the uh, the last episode of season ten will be coming out in like January fourth or something like that first week okay, of January. That's- so. So yeah, most Crazy. most of those four seasons are going to be covered in 2018. So Year of the Hunk is not far out, man. Like we're we're, we're going to have to find this a different this. <laughs> we find a new podcast to do. Oh, I'm sure between the two of us we can come up with a couple of good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and I'm looking over at my stack of podcast ideas my sitting right next to yeah. me. It's like all the clipboards and binders that you have. Oh yeah. Yeah, well researched out, not just half half formed ideas based on punny, you know, stupid names. <laughs> uh welcome back everybody to monster of the week uh we it feels like a long time as you'll hear in the show notes or excuse me in the outtakes it's been a little bit since we recorded we got a little head for the holidays and we took a break uh so it's it's been a long time for chris and i but it's been just a week since for you guys so i just wanted to say hi and hello and how are you hello hello great um thanks let's i don't know if you're saying hi to me or them but like what up to both to to the boat of them (laughs) as they say down down south to the boat of them interesting uh if you would like to support the show directly you can over at patreon.com slash monster of the week that's a place that you can sign up to give us money to do this podcast in exchange you get this podcast which i think is pretty fair that seems to be pretty on the label on up front and everything uh but you also get some cool rewards like access to our discord server where you can chat with other hunk-minded individuals about just Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. anything you get uh, physical stuff in the mail from Chris, and you get uh, early episodes. I'm kind of repeating myself, I think. Just go do that. We, we really appreciate people doing that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm just going to give a shout out to friend of the show, Jess, for donating, and also friend Hi, of Jess. the show, Kyle, for donating. Hi, Kyle. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate all of that. And we're super close. Uh, if we, We're $17 away from doing the first series of comic books. And I am extremely <laughs> excited about Mean Baby Dean. As I, like I've said this before, man, if they're anything like the novels, then we're in for a real treat. It's going to be a ride, Chris. I'm not saying it's going to be good or bad, but it's going to be it's going to be an adventure. Uh, speaking of adventures, can you catch me up on what Sam and Dean have been doing in season six thus far? Yeah, kind of. I can I can kind of do that. So Ooh, okay. uh, this Sam got his soul back. That's the good news. <laughs> the it's bad good news, news is it's good news for some people. 
but but the the bad news is that he's got he's got a lot, whole lot of guilt about things he can't remember, and he's gonna put that guilt on other people because you know he's Sam, and that's what he does. Also, there's a wall in his mind keeping hell out because yep. it's supernatural, and you got to have a wall in your head to keep out hell. Um, meanwhile, Dean is going through a real serious breakup. We just saw him. Fi- I think he kind of kind of severed severed his ties with Lisa for the most part. And mm-hmm. um, also a guy had a doll for a girlfriend yep. and he got murdered by it. And I think that that's a key plot point in season six. And the little that we do know about Sam's past behavior, we know that it's all bad. Um, he basically mm-hmm. kind of is good. Uh, if you'll, I mean, this is, this is ready to E for explicit. It's ready for, it's ready T for get your teens out of here. Uh, sure, so sure. he basically like fucked and murdered his entire way through a whole town in Rhode Island, which they found out about a few episodes ago. Uh, but so now he's, he's having a lot of guilt about the things that he has done. Um, also Chris, the mother of all monsters was, yeah, was some around. dragons threw a virgin into a volcano. There and you go. And what do you and know? It, it, that's the classic recipe. That's classic Southern hospitality recipe. Yeah. If I, yeah, I'll tell you how many, monsters. how many times I read a book or something and a bunch mm-hmm. of dragons throw a virgin into a volcano and I'm like, Oh, there's the mom again. It's, it's really a shame that supernatural is going back to that same dragon and it throwing the virgin into a volcano. Well, right. Like it's something we see law and order did it three, four times in 2017. It's yeah. That's the thing was when the law and order did it the third time, I thought like the second time it was a kind of cool third time too much. And then supernatural goes and does it same year. Just ridiculous. It just, I mean, it's, it's too it's much. Ridiculous. Give us a break dragons. Just time, time yeah. out. Um, but <clears throat> we're going to get into this week's episodes uh the first of which is considered maybe the best supernatural episode of all time wait, wait what do you think about that that statement chris it's definitely the most meta episode of all time you don't think that it's the it's the best i don't know i do like it but i don't think it's the best episode interesting i uh i this this episode is the french mistake um so the people that have listened to or excuse me the people that have watched it already know exactly what we're talking about and listeners that don't we're, we're going to get into it in just a second but it is as chris mentioned the most extremely meta episode of supernatural so far um this is not uh an unusual thing uh supernatural has done crazy meta episodes before We've seen the boys have books written about their lives under the the name Supernatural. We saw them go to a convention for those books, basically aping their their fan base conventions that were getting sprung up around the time. So this isn't really new territory, but they lean into it in a way that I was completely unexpecting, or excuse me, yeah. completely not expecting uh, when I when I watched this the first time. And uh, I have watched this episode probably more times than i've watched a lot of these episodes so i'm i'm very excited to talk about it yeah same. so this is the french mistake written by ben edlin and directed by charles beeson it aired uh february 25th 2011 sam and dean are transported to an alternate reality Raphael launches an attack on castiel and his allies sending a particularly frightening angel angelic hitman after balthazar <laughs> sam and dean in an effort to protect the wait what this is they're, they started using these uh, official uh, descriptions from uh, CW on the, mm. that, I, that I cribbed these from, on the wiki site <laughs> that I cribbed these from. And so they put all of the actors' names in, and it just confuses the oh. lot of me. So I'm so sorry. Um, they are sending an angelic hitman after Balthazar, Sam, and Dean, all three of them. Uh, in an effort to protect the brothers, Balthazar sends them to an alternate universe where they are stars of a TV show called Supernatural, and they are actors named Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. The brothers are confused when Castiel appears to be a tweet-happy actor named Misha Collins, and Sam is married to Ruby, named, a.k.a. Genevieve Cortez. 
Wow. Yeah, this is this is what's going to happen. And if you're worried about that being spoilers, it's it's not because that's going to happen in like the first five minutes of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not going to waste any time at all at getting into this. Chris, I, I love this episode. How How is this episode so good? It should be so terrible and bad. It, it's yeah, it, it definitely should. You know, this time this was my least favorite watching of it. I was really surprised to find that. I've watched this episode, like you said, like dozens of times. I used to just put this episode on sometimes. And this time when I tried to take notes of, on it, it took me out of it a little bit. So I had to just put my phone down and just and just enjoy the episode. Um, but it's still, I mean, it's one hell of an episode. I'm not coming into this negative. I'm just coming into this surprised that I wasn't, um, I wasn't where I used to be on it. I am. Uh, I'm going to be a little negative on this episode towards the end. Uh, but the but this but all of the ride up to the end makes it so worth yeah. it. Um, and 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 my negativity is is a drop in a barrel of, of goodness and light. Mm-hmm. So I'm. So we start out. Uh, our our previously on gives us um, some kind of background on ba- who Balthazar is and all of that business. And uh, we just start out with uh, none other than Dean Winchester getting drunk, doing some research, and sending yeah. his his old friend Bobby, his his old elderly friend Bobby, out into the rain and storm to go get him more booze, or as he likes to call it, Hunter's little helper. Yeah, of course he would say something like that. And then just what out of out of nowhere, uh, Balthazar shows up. Right? I don't think there's anything else that really happens in this scene. That's it. Yeah, they, you know, he he tell he basically sets up the scene. That, oh, Bobby's gone, and then Balthazar is there, and and Balthazar starts talking about The Godfather Two and how at the end of that movie, um, the main character whose name I've already forgotten sends uh out people out to kill all of his enemies, and that's what he says Raphael is doing. He's sending enemies to kill sam and dean and balthazar and castiel and anybody else that they know balthazar in case you don't remember he's the one who stole all of the weapons from heaven he uh, has a british accent and a uh inappropriately deep v-neck t-shirt on at all times man dudes i'm just i'm here to say put down the v-necks just put them down they don't belong in your closet you can have a little v you want to you want to escape that that scrunch up on your neck you want to escape the scrunch up on your neck you're fine put a little tiny v on you're okay Loose the, collars or no collar or tight collars, no V-necks. V-necks you just, are bad. You can't go. I'm pretty sure I'm wearing a V-neck right now. No, I'm not. Um, I have plenty of V-neck T-shirts, but that's not what I'm here to talk about because that's just to free my neck. He's got we've this actually, swooping we've thing. Had this V-neck conversation before? Like I remember you telling me that you have a bunch of V-necks. Oh, in yeah. The past. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're little ones. They're tiny. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even consider them V-necks. You just see me a man wearing a T-shirt. This man's got this this swooping nipple nipple freeing T-shirt that I'm just I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's like the rock, the cool rock star look, but like nobody who's cool has ever worn one of those. Sorry, I'm just I'm just teasing on Balthazar's t-shirt. It's fine. But he shows up to do the boy's favorite thing in the whole world. You guessed magic. it. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to do a spell and he has come to uh, to Bobby Bobby's house and he says that uh Bobby's pantry is great because he Thankfully, has blood of Bobby lamb. the alchemist has all of the spell components. <laughs> he has there's blood of lamb, there's uh like a bones or like the body of a minor saint which uh they're going to look up this this minor saint thing later and it's like a $110,000 artifact. <laughs> so like Bobby just has that in his desk drawer. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. He's Bobby. Um but like you said they're basically on Raphael's hit list. So Balthazar is on the run, and as we're going to see here, he gives Samadine a key. He says, take this and run. He finishes doing magic. Again, let me just emphasize how much our hunters, the people who are opposed to anything supernatural in the world, thus the name of Mm -hmm. the television show, Supernatural. Mm -hmm. He gives them a key, he does some magic, and then he sends them away. And that's all we see. And he sends them away 
through <laughs> through this nice window in Bobby's living room. Fucking um, poor Bobby. He gets home and he's like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, I went that, to get Dean his stupid shitty beer. And now my window is broken. It's a surprise. We should mention though that right before he sends them through the window, that this this angel hitman uh, shows up, and this dude's name is Virgil, and uh, we're going to find out that he is the keeper of all of heaven's arms. So when Balthazar stole all these weapons, he stole this directly from Virgil, and uh, Virgil's pissed. Virgil has kind of a Terminator thing happening in this episode, where he's just yeah. he just keeps on coming. He's just not stopping. Uh, Balthazar throws these two boys through the window, and uh, instead of landing outside in the storm and the rain, they land on nice, soft uh, pads, and they are on the set of a TV show production, and all of the glass that they just went through is fake, and there's a bunch of people around that are are yelling things that they don't understand, and we have gone into a, uh, not our universe, Chris, but into a version of our universe. the, the wiki sites were very, very clear to, to to me when I was reading them today that it was not our universe because yeah. I don't know if you know this, Misha Collins is still alive and well in our universe. True, that's true. <laughs> so um, kids I, couldn't possibly be ours. <laughs> so the, this is the episode just throwing you right into it. Like this is the concept. Now it's going to be the actors playing themselves, playing themselves, whatever, playing their character, playing themselves. Um, and it's they're talking about how they just like the something weird happened with the shot when they jumped through the window that that was supposed to be, you know, a shot for the show. Uh, but it got all warped and weird because like, you know, a magic spell happened and like they went through the window that way. But I like that that Sam's first thing that he says when he gets up is, should we be killing anybody? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dean is like, I don't think so. Um, and then they're just bombarded with the realities of, uh, being actors on a movie set suddenly out of nowhere. And, um, you know, Jared's getting pulled away for an interview. I guess I can call him Jared now because he's not Sam. Well, it's gonna be, it's, it's, I think it's going to be important that we, we keep our, our name scheme done right because there's going to be times where Sam is acting like Jared and there's times that Sam is going to ha- be talking about Jared. So it's going to get real confusing real quick. Uh, I do want to mention that the very first person that we see is the producer of the show. And uh, it's a special guest star, Brian Doyle Murphy, Do- Brian Doyle Murray, who is Bill Murray's brother. And he's oh, been in a okay. bunch of Bill Murray's brothers. So the, he's the guy that plays uh, Bobby Singer throughout all of this. Yes. 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 Which, which I think is, is extremely good. Um, it's, I, it, I'm going to have a hard time covering this episode, Chris. Yeah. It's going to be it's, weird. So let's, we'll just kind of like go with it and just see what happens. Well, like right here, there's this exchange with these three guys because the shot that they were getting of these guys going through the, the glass it it didn't take because, you know, there was obviously some spell work going. So like this dude wants to say like one of the, you know, one of the camera guys is like, yeah, we could just do a freeze frame since we didn't get the shot. And like they, Brian Dor Murphy and like another guy were like a freeze frame. Yeah. And it's, it's just a minor thing and it doesn't really like, it's, it's going to pay off later, but man, like all of the aside stuff, like all of this, all of the, all of the dialogue is so on point and clear and just hilarious. Like it's, it's hard, It's going to be hard to get through this episode without just saying, uh, this was funny. <laughs> right. Right. Um, there's, um, so this, yeah, like I said, this is where they get pulled apart. Jared and Sam has to go do his interview and Jensen, uh, Dean has to go get his like makeup put on or whatever. And the ladies just try and put makeup on him. And he's like, lady, knock it off. I'm not wearing makeup. And then suddenly realizes, Oh my God. I am covered in makeup because as hunky as our boys are, they are just uh, touched up to death here. Yeah, they are. They are. They are touched up. Um, they uh, Jared gets pulled into an interview about season six 
And throughout this episode, people are going to be kind of disparagingly sighing out loud. Oh, season six, like it's the worst yeah. thing in the world. <laughs> uh, and this this interview woman, uh, the, the interviewer is saying to Sam, you know, well, you, you know, you stopped the apocalypse in season five. So what's on? What's what's going to be? You know, what's what's, what's next, next for Sam Winchester? And, 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 and like he's kind of looking at her. She's like, and please say the question again in your answer, please. <laughs> 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 Just really. Really good stuff. The boys pretty quickly figure out that like oh, we're on a TV show about our lives, and that's that's real fucked up and weird. And I think that's that's good, right? Like this is yeah. all this is all super funny to me. I just I like that Dean's like, why would anybody want to watch our lives? And Sam is like, well, in quarter to in quarter to the interview, not very many people <laughs> many do. People do. <laughs> <clears throat> really funny. Uh, they go outside, and they. Um, Dean gets excited because he sees the Impala and then he quickly gets sick to his stomach because he sees 27 different versions yeah, of the Impala yeah. all in various stages of, of getting mud thrown on them or getting destroyed or, or what have you. So, so he does at this point does what any, uh, any good w- Dean Winchester would do. And that's, he prays to Castiel, but of course, as, if, as we're going to start to learn throughout this episode, as much as they are, you know, our hunks trapped in, in their actors' bodies, there's no magic in this world. Um, just like the real world, we're all dead inside and it's dark and stormy and, um, no, I, there's no magic in this world. So when he prays to Castiel, um, I will be eventually, um, (laughs) just still getting over some things. Where's my letter to Hogwarts? I don't know. Um, good, good. (laughs) They, uh, he tries to pray to Castiel, but sure enough, he looks over and, and boom, there's our trench coat clad son of a bitch right there. And they rush over and they immediately fall into a conversation with Castiel of like, what's going on? Did you hear about uh, Balthazar? And, and Castiel plays along for, for a minute, but you can tell something's different. And then Dean, he, and, and Dean kind of starts questioning him a little bit and Castiel just kind of brushes it off and then starts saying some stuff to, to Sam and Sam's like, Oh, I've got the key right here. What is it? And he says, well, that's the key to, to heavens, to the place where Balthazar hid all of the weapons that he stole from heaven. And that's what we need to get back. And, Sam's like, oh God, well, how do we find it? How do we find it? And Castiel's like, wait a minute. Did you guys get, did you guys get new pages? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> and this is not Castiel. This is Misha Collins doing a Misha Collins impersonation, which I find is extremely yeah. good. He makes himself seem so like soft and meek, but also at, at times a total asshole. Like when uh, there's different times, like somebody tries to hand him a script later, later on. He's like, thanks, little buddy. And he just ignores him. Like he doesn't take the script. He just gets in his car. Like it's there's such a, a strange figure that they make, make of him in this. There's a moment in uh, when they're doing all of the acting where there's the makeup artist or the hair person comes over mm. and she's you know messing with his hair. <laughs> they say like action or whatever. And he just puts his hand on her face and shoves her out of the frame. <laughs> just a real casual dismissal of of you know subordinates or whatever yeah. that's really good have you seen uh, the the little like uh behind the scenes fake documentary that they made yeah because it's like you know jensen is like secretly just like a yoga hippie uh jared is like crazy conceited and like works out in front of a mirror all day and then misha mm-hmm. just like everyone keeps forgetting about him <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really funny uh the the running joke here is going to be that misha is constantly tweeting in fact when when the boys realize that he's just an actor, they kind of ball up the the script notes and throw it at him and just walk off. He's like, Oh man, you guys really got me. You pranked me. I'm going to, and he brings out his phone. He's like, I'm going to tweet about this. And he's like, hi, Misha Reno's. Oh, hola, hola, Misha Migos. <laughs> Misha Migos. Squares. I love Jesus. that he's, he's texting and he's reading it out. Super. So Jay squares got me again, really starting to feel like one of the guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> apparently this was all this was all live. So he he actually tweeted this. The, he made these tweets, you know, at That's some point to, to put them on his Twitter feed. So fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah, really good. God love me, Chicago. Chicago, yeah. man. Um, so, so they leave, they, yeah, and then they they find uh, Jensen's uh, RV, right? His mm-hmm. his trailer, mm-hmm. his his trailer, and they, so it's this enormous thing that they have on set, and it says you know J dot Ackles on it. So they go in. It's it has an enormous three hundred gallon aquarium. There's a big helicopter, remote control <laughs> helicopter on there, like a a crazy big TV, and like pictures of themselves uh, on magazine covers everywhere, which is really funny to me. Yeah, and um, just like an endless loop of uh, Jensen on his uh, what was it, um, Days of Our Lives or whatever, whatever soap opera he was on. Just like mm-hmm. a loop of that going on the laptop, and in the background, it's just the gag reel for season six is playing, or like pieces of like footage from that <laughs> just playing in the background. <laughs> just to, like these guys just constantly watch themselves. Of course, I mean if you're if you're the star of a TV show, what else do you have to do? Like you can't, you don't have time to open a beer brewery or anything. Yeah. Like you and have they can't, to do this thing. They can't be like. It would it would have been too much if they tried to make themselves seem cool or like seem like humble nice guys like they had to make themselves into complete total assholes. Oh, that's the joke. Yeah, that's that's yeah. absolutely the joke. Yeah. Especially when we're going to get to J- Jared's whole thing here in a minute, which I find hysterical. Um, <laughs> Sam sits down at, at uh, Jensen's laptop and starts you know searching this stuff, and they find out that they are they are actors in a show called Supernatural that um, they are pretty well known. That like you mentioned. Uh, Jensen was on a soap opera at one point. They found a whole podcast about the TV show called Monster mm-hmm. of the Week, which is really fun. Uh, Jensen listens listens to a couple of episodes and really likes it. So you know that's pretty gratifying. Yeah, it just it was funny because like obviously with sort of the conversation the way that it always goes, like Sam kind of not as into it as Dean was. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, understandably so. Everybody's different. You know, different. I, I feel like I feel like with the way that mo- like half the podcast hosts don't like Sam, that that's yeah. that's pretty much to be expected. And because it's not you know, always like. I mean, I imagine it's kind of hard to listen to a podcast or like, you know, a talk show or whatever. Like, that's just kind of like a little bit harder on you when you don't really see the arrow your way. It's going to come up again in the episode later, so I'll just save it. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, they uh, they come up with the idea to, uh, or Dean comes up with the idea to reverse Balthazar's spell, mm-hmm. right? So he's he he was paying attention when the angel did wizard wizardry because yeah, because Dean's also a fucking wizard. If these Dean were Dean, if these were D and D characters, they wouldn't be like oh like a Dean's a warrior, Sam's a ranger. No 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 no. They'd be fucking sorcerers, both of them. Absolutely, they do magic all the time. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's you're not supposed to be able to do all this magic and fight. It's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's allowed. Not, that's not that's not cool. Um. So they 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 set out to uh they're going they're going to leave the production site and they're going to go find all of the ingredients to the spell which Balthazar helpfully help, helpfully drilled into their head. So they jump into the Impala and they roll out only to quickly realize that the Impala is a broke ass Impala that's not yeah. it's a prop just like everything else in there it's not, it's not real so they have to pull over. <laughs> That little dude just knocking on the window and being like, <laughs> Mr. Eccles, Mr. Eccles. Um, and then they have to get a ride home from, it's either Cliff or Clint, I don't remember, because uh, Jared gets it wrong in the episode, and he corrects him. Um, he's mm-hmm. like, actually, it's Cliff. Um, I know that that's their real, or it that's supposed to be their real um, bodyguard, who's either named Clint or Cliff. I don't know which one is which. <laughs> that's really great. Um this is this may be the first time, um, and if I if we neglected to mention it, it could, it could be the second time. But uh, they they jump into this to Clint or Cliff's ride, and uh, they 
they say, well, where do you want to go? And Dean says, well, I want to go to uh, Jared's house. Yeah. And they're like, really? Well, I guess at least you guys are talking. And that's going to become <laughs> one of the running gags in this thing, as to implying that, you know, the, these two actors in the real world don't have anything to do with each other whatsoever, mm-hmm. except this show. Right. Imagine how weird that would be if that was true. That would be, it would be kind of like if me and you did this show and we just didn't talk about it at all. We just showed yeah. up at like Monday nights, four or five o'clock in the afternoon and like sat down, recorded an episode and then did not have any communication outside of yeah. the show. That would be a little fucking weird. It'd be a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> or if we just actively despised one another. True. <laughs> just, but, but the show was so popular. Yeah. That's what you guys don't realize is all of the outtakes are scripted. Chris and I hate each other. <laughs> I don't even Barely. like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> i've never even played dark souls (laughs) we just fake all of this um so they go to jared's house and uh jared's house is like huge and opulent and amazing in a way that is so trashy hollywood yeah i love it it's new money all the way through and through (laughs) Yeah, just, right. He has a. They said he looks over and sees this like contraption. He's one of my Dracula, but it's it's a fucking tanning bed just in his living room. He's got just like framed uh, photos of himself everywhere. We're gonna get to it later. There's a picture in his office that's enormous, and it's just Sam dressed up like a cowboy on top of a horse, and he's looking straight ahead into the, like where did they get this picture? I it's love it so much. Picture. It's such a good picture. Such a good picture. And then on each side is a full suit of armor. <laughs> That he could, and I just want to say this: like, I don't think he's ever seen. We don't ever see him standing next to the armor, but I just know that that armor comes up to like his waist. Oh, like, yeah. cannot be appropriately sized armor For whatsoever. Sure. Um, his office is incredible, but yeah, but uh, he they realize he's got what an alpaca out in the backyard. Uh, there's just a whole lot going on at Sam's house here. Uh, yeah, especially the because um, the- Dean see- Dean sees the bar, and that's how that gets started. I just mm-hmm. I, I want to keep talking about how much Dean drinks throughout these episodes. Yeah. So Dean sees the bar, makes a beeline for that, ignoring all of the pictures of Ruby on the wall that you can clearly see, yeah. even as the audience. Because if you know, just for some reason, if if I guess you don't know, it's possible that some people might not know that um that that Jared Padalecki uh, married the actress who plays Ruby. We've probably said it before, but Genevieve Cortez. So yeah, um, sure enough, uh, Ruby shows up. Yeah, just recently, uh, I was I was looking around and I found some of those uh, some gifts of some like kind of outtakes of the actual Supernatural show and that showing those two doing some some heavy flirting on the the episodes and it seems like it seems like one of those things where like they were probably into each other from the moment they met one another because <laughs> yeah. it's it had to be pretty insufferable until they killed Ruby <laughs> off. <laughs> That's why they killed her off. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But Dean sees an alpaca or camel in the backyard is what he calls it. And then Ruby mm-hmm. corrects, corrects him and says it's an alpaca. Uh, or excuse me, Jen or Genevieve. Uh, Jen Genevieve. says Genevieve. Excuse me. I'm just, you know, that doesn't Guinevere, like Guinevere. <laughs> wife of King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're into a lot of pop culture. Okay. It's <laughs> true. Hey, confused. I can't. Yeah, I can't blame you. Uh, Genevieve is like, what the fuck are you doing here? Why are you guys even talking? You've never even been to my house. And we both live like apparently an hour from the set at most. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where she says that she has to go to, uh, the, is it the international monkey adoption dinner? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Cause she's all dressed up. She's dressed to the nine. She's got the, the nice black dress on and the jewelry and he's, you know, Sam is just dressed like Sam. Like every like every yeah. other dude in the world, you know, just and and 
luckily he doesn't have to like go feign his way through this dinner, which is right. nice. Uh, she just goes without him, but leaves the two of these two of these boys alone, and they immediately get on the internet and start I surfing. Just, uh, while yeah. he's having this conversation with her, I like that like Dean like looks over and he sees like the framed wedding photo of um of Jared and and Jen. And so he's like, oh, you're a wife, of course, you guys are married. But I just would like to point out that next to that photo on the mantle above the fireplace is also a framed photo of the alpaca. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. It's my favorite detail of the entire episode. (laughs) That's really funny. I didn't notice that at all. (laughs) Yeah, Dean is very, very confused about what's going on. She's like, yeah, of course, you're the actress that plays Ruby and you're in Sam's house because you're married as he sees yeah. the picture like it's a really fun interaction dean but, uh jared J- jared jesus christ it's gonna be so hard to get everybody conf- uh keep everybody straight jensen ackles is doing the acting of his life in this episode i think <laughs> um so obviously ruby or, or jen goes she goes off to her seal thing and and of course because ruby was there like they've got to have a conversation about it because this is something that dean is still bitter over like he's not gonna just like oh yeah let me just see the woman who like led my brother down the wrong path and like be cool with it and like as like i was saying earlier when they were talking about the podcast and it, it comes up again i think i wrote down what they said and, yeah because dean is like yeah jeremy was right everyone but you knew that ruby was just using you you betrayed me and most of the listeners agree with jeremy um and and sam obviously being sam and like we know that he gets like a little bit over emotional and stuff but mm-hmm. he's like yeah well you know not everyone sees it that way some people on the podcast understood that I had my reasons that I was just trying to take this curse, scrub it clean and go dark side or something. So they talk about that. Thankfully they have a mission so that it doesn't get into too much brother drama here. But well, I think this is when they, it was because of this argument that, uh, because they're, they're arguing about the particular details as Jeremy and Chris have described them. And Sam wanted to, to refute Dean. So he went into his office and found the, uh, season three or season four feedback episode. Yeah, uh, where Joan, aka Wrenchwich, had written in it and talked about Sam and had kind of changed Jeremy's mind a little bit. Yeah. So that was the he wanted to balance the scales a little bit for Dean, and in the process, a, yeah, also also find you know, the spell components that they need to reverse Balthazar's spell. Um, right. So, which is which is good. Like the fact that they don't get totally distracted by all the arguments about the podcast, I think is is good and keeps the show moving forward. More importantly, yeah, because if they, they would be, I'll be all day long. You know, it wouldn't end. Um, so that, yeah, they look up everything online. They max out all of Jared Paralecki's, um, credit cards because like they're <laughs> actors and they have money. So they can just do that. It's fine. I love the idea that, uh, like they're just spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like the fact that, uh, Jared's house is, is, it's gotta be like several million, it's millions of dollars. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. it's insanity that, that they, they would even be paid this much. In fact, when he walks into his house, there's a line where he looks around and he goes, wow, I must be the star of this thing. Yeah. Which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> but the moment where, uh, they, they find, you know, the bone of a lesser saint or something, it's like, oh, it's in, you know, it's in Mexico city in this museum. And Dean's like, well, we can get down there. We could probably drive down there in two days and case it out and snatch it and come back up here you know maybe a week and sam's like or we could just buy it (laughs) (laughs) just just starts buying everything it's really good to me yeah i like it a lot it's um it's like teaching the boys a lesson that if they just had money sometimes their lives would be way easier (laughs) (laughs) um shortly after this uh genevieve gets home and uh sam has this really awkward conversation with her about her remembering 
all of these crazy earthquakes, the 9.2 in Rome or the 8.5 in Boston and the the crazy tidal flooding, coastal flooding and all this other stuff. And she's like, yeah, I remember that from season five of your show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You've been Sam Winchester too long. Come with me. And then they go upstairs and Chris. What's up? he definitely, I mean, like, they definitely have sex, right? Yeah, they bone. They bone. And I was going to say, like, oh, maybe it's weird because he's, like, he's in a different person. But, you know, it's just, it's Jared Padalecki's wife. And that's Jared Padalecki playing Sam. So, like, it's it's, it's fucking fine. It's but fine. But it's a different, it's a different person, though. Like, if, it's fine. If, if <laughs> podcast <just> Jeremy <laughs> showed up at my door and wanted to bang down, bone down on Autumn, I'd be a little upset about it. Sure, I guess. But. Especially I, after he robbed me of all of my money. To sure. Buy, to I buy think I would, I would, artifacts. I might feel weird about a person being inside somebody's body and like doing that. But it's like, that's his wife IRL. Like, so I'm just, you know what? It's fine. It's just okay. <laughs> okay. You don't even, you don't even want to get into the, the vague moral con- quandary. Like, it's there, like, yeah. yeah, like there is a moral quandary technically, but like they're, they're just trying to have fun. They're just trying to get Jen back on the show. You know, they're sure, just doing yeah. a thing. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fine with it here. It's no, there's no implication, really. It's just goofs. And look, if if you if, if you have been married for a long time, everybody knows you're allowed one out of body bang, and like it happened to be the same body. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the next morning, they have their their driver Clint slash Cliff drive them to the airport to pick up this package, and uh, this this whole exchange is very funny. Where he's like, "Are we doing anything illegal?" And he's like. Would it make you feel more comfortable if we told you no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they show up to the set and are because their whole plan is to you know do this spell so that they can leave through the same way they came through this this window. Yeah. And uh, Bobby Singer's you know fake room or, or whatever. And uh, that's when the real life or the alternate universe Bobby Singer shows up and is like, "What the hell are you guys even doing here?" Like in the first run through, like you guys never yeah. never hear this early. What are you even doing walking around here? This is crazy. Yeah. Um, which starts to paint a picture of just like two people who obviously we, they don't give a shit about each other they don't give a shit about their jobs it's just like they're there and they do the thing and nothing really matters and I don't know exactly when the conversations start to come up um, but despite being famous the two of them I think Sam says later that they don't matter here at all and I think that that is not true at all about uh, Jensen and Jared and, uh, and Misha whatever obviously they do matter a lot to a whole lot of people they make so many people happy um, but I get what he's saying here that like in this world where they're just like shitty actors who don't even like each other. Um, it doesn't matter that they're on TV and they make a lot of money. They don't do anything real. Um, not like, you know, not like Sam and Dean or boys. They do the real stuff. <laughs> they do the real killing. Yeah. They, uh, after this whole thing fails, um, and, and there's some stuff that I want to talk about on the way to that in just a second. But yeah, that's, this is where Sam is like, or no, Dean, I think says, you would be happy here. Like back home mm-hmm. is, a, is an absolute mess. Like there's no heaven or hell. Like he quotes a, a John Lennon song, which is real weird for, for Dean, I think, um, you know, there's no, you know, there's no heaven or hell. Like you could just be a normal person. He's like, and I think Sam says like, but we wouldn't even be brothers. Yeah. Dean, Dean says, um, back home, the hits have been coming since you were six months old. Uh, yeah. and that's when Sam says, but we just don't mean the same thing here. We're not even brothers here, man. And that's when I texted you and I was like, I'm glad that Sam's back on team Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is good. I like these, I like these boys. We talked about it in the last episode uh, of this podcast. These, these boys, and the, when they have moments where they genuinely care about each other mm-hmm. and they are on one another side, I think are, are some of the best in the, some of the best on TV. Like and I want to see these, these two sure. boys. And it's small stuff. too. It's not like they make a big deal out of it. He's just saying like all these people have been telling us that we don't even talk in this world. We're and we're coworkers who don't like each other. We're not even brothers. Like, 
does back in the other world despite all that other shit at least we like we're us like at least we're brothers um but it's nice it's nice to take that it literally put them in a different reality for or, in order for them to take stock of their current situation which you know they just need to do sometimes i do like the fact that uh they are in another reality and the spell to get them home has just fa- failed and they have really no idea what to do next. And then they take some time out to like talk about their feelings. It's really yeah. funny to me. It, it really thing. plays into the shows, like this whole gimmick of this episode really well. Um, we need to talk about though, when, when Dean asked Bobby singer to clear the set, uh, Bobby completely dismisses him and is like, look, you need, you think you need to do actor things. We have to do, you know, camera things first. So we, you're, yeah. you're, we're, we're not going to clear the set. You go sit down and we'll, we'll call you when you need you. And then we get the acting montage, Chris, and the acting oh montage is some of my favorite shit ever in supernatural. This is so good. It's, I mean, just follow the chain here. Like it's, there Jensen must be a lock. <laughs> It's Jensen and Jared. Let's just do Jensen. It's Jensen Ackles playing Dean Winchester, who is pretending to be Jensen Ackles playing Dean Winchester. <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole <laughs> it's thing. It's a whole loop, man. It's so good. The, everything about this is so good. The over delivery of the lines. Sam with those weird arms. Those he doesn't weird, know what to do with his arms, arms <laughs> at all times, and he just keeps shoving them out. If there's a key, and then the other arm comes out, there must be a must lock. Be a lock. <laughs> It's his delivery is so bad and so amazing and it's it's one of my favorite things about this episode. And it's a really clever device too because we we got a little bit of this with Misha Collins at the, at the <laughs> They're earlier, both but... just sweating bullets. Let's just oh put my that God, out there. Yeah. They are they are like none of them are like Dean keep continually misses his mark and has to like move over to the right a little yeah. bit every time. Um but they they're actually delivering new information to the to each other and also to us the the viewer while mm-hmm, these things mm-hmm. are happening, right? Like we didn't know that uh you know oh there must be a light there must be a door that must be do that i mean like they, it's giving us information about the plot yeah. which i think is really fun they're not really wasting all that much time because i think it's after this scene that they have to call cut after they're just like a million failed attempts to to film this scene where they're eventually like well, we kind we got it them saying everything i guess it could be like a weird avant-garde edit where we put it all together um they, oh, Dean they, doing the Misha impression where he's like, that's what we got to do about it. We need all that crap. <laughs> Jared looks at him as like, what? He's like, that's what he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, funny. it's great. Uh, this is at some point during all this afterwards, they see Virgil, right? Well, right before this, uh, or right after this, after they call cut, uh, we go back to like the two of them, like complaining about this as they sit in their actor chairs and uh, Misha is behind them tweeting out again. I just want to call out all of Misha's <laughs> tweets. I actually looked this one up, Chris, and this was um, a tweet that was uh, tagged at MOTW cast. So he said, M I H O J and J had one late last night. I had a late one last night. Uh, R O T F L M A O. And also check out at MOTW cast. So I just wanted yeah. to shout, you know, shout Misha out for, for tagging the podcast on the, in this, in yeah. this episode. Thank you for nice. that. Misha. Always, res- always appreciate you, you know, Dude, just doing your best to try and spread the word. I know it's not like a lot comes from you, but we appreciate. I it. mean, we obviously have more followers, so it's not like it's not like it's going to do us a lot of good. But every every little bit helps. You yeah, know? every little bit helps. You know the what you know the smallest stone can cause the biggest t- uh, Twitter following. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, this is where uh, Virgil comes through uh, another window, and uh, we get that cool <laughs> ah, six yes. sensual thing. The the spell thing that like Balthazar draws with the lamb's blood or whatever is actually really cool. And I don't know what like effect they're using to make it all bright red, but it looks really really cool. Like I, I was actually really into the way this looks. It all heats up, and then he just comes fl- smashing through it. It's really nice. Yeah, it's cool stuff. 
Um, so no, yeah, now now he's here. Do do Sam and Dean witness that? I can't quite remember how. I just remember that they end up beating the shit out of this guy. <laughs> they don't they don't witness it. Uh, but they're walking off after their their bad day at acting and acting <laughs> their bad day on acting job, and uh, just like randomly run into the dude on the set of uh the dragon episode where they fought those yes. two dragons with the yeah. chicks locked up underneath. So they just run into him and Virgil comes over and immediately tries to do his angel shit on Dean and it doesn't work. And it's really satisfying when that happens. And this too. is just when they're like, okay, now we get to be hunks because like magic doesn't work here. And we're just, we just have muscles. So yeah. let's just punch the shit out of this dude, Virgil. We have three hobbies. One is magic. One is muscles. And the other one is alcohol. <laughs> those are our three <laughs> hobbies that we, that we're into. Yeah. Um, but they Magic, see this. muscles, and alcohol. <laughs> That's true. You t- tell me. Put it on a t shirt, Jeremy. Put it on a t shirt. <laughs> it's the name of the episode, by the way. You think so? Magic, muscles, and alcohol. <laughs> I like it a lot. I like it a lot, uh, too. So they fight. Um, they fight. Virgil and uh, the stunt coordinator, who is actually the real stunt coordinator in the show, sees this and uh, r- everyone rushes over to try to break it up. In the fight, Virgil gets the key and runs away, uh, mm-hmm. and the boys are, are you know have to go look for him basically. Yeah, um, somewhere along the way, uh, <laughs> when does what does Misha get kidnapped? But not not far from now, <laughs> so we're we're <laughs> almost there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Da, 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 da. This is where Bob Singer calls Sarah Gamble and is basically like, Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, this is the situation. We They're picking up weird shit at the airport. We think it may be some sort of drugs or something. And in the background, like you see them jumping through this window with no pads underneath. And they're like, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. drugs. Definitely drugs. You're, you know, can you call Kripke? Can Kripke come down and deal with this? Cause he's the showrunner. They knows him like maybe, and they start talking about Kripke working on, um, Octo something. Octo, yeah, some co- Octo Cobra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and this is where we see Misha coming out of his really, really small reheating trailer and dismissing the script guy and then immediately getting captured by Virgil. Yeah. Um, so. Things get. I don't know how they end up. They go from Misha's car to just being in an alleyway because they don't. They. I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't um, matter. It, they just wanted the set, the, the film. They just wanted the like the angle, right? Because yeah. this dude just drags him into a hallway and uses Misha as a blood telephone, which we've seen Supernatural do in the past. So that's, yeah. he calls Raphael on a blood seen, telephone. Good, good to know that in this universe, blood telephones still work. But we haven't seen angels use blood telephones before. Yeah, even the angel is like, I can't believe I'm having to do this. <laughs> like he looks yeah. like he's having to, like someone is forcing him to use like a Nokia, like candy bar phone from 1992. Yeah, yeah he's not happy, <laughs> but um, in desperate times, you use a blood mm-hmm. This is also around the time that uh, Sam and Dean, like they're going to get a stern talking to from from Bobby Singer, yeah. and uh, and. <laughs> Bobby is just just kind of lays into him and is like, "You guys can't do this. You know, this is not allowed. Do you need a raise? What What do you need to do?" And uh, they find out his name is actually Bobby Singer for the first mm-hmm. time, and they're like, "Wait, you named a character in the show after yourself? <laughs> How pompous is that?" <laughs> Which is really good stuff. Uh, and then they quit. They're just like, "We we can't handle this. We're we're going to quit. We're going to yeah. go offset." Um, and then, yeah, they go to back to Jared's house, which is where they find just a tear street Jen, who is screaming like, oh my god, Misha, Misha got stabbed! And then both of the boys go, where? where? She's she- like, where? What? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to know where he got stabbed? <clears throat> but that's a very um, Sam and Dean question to ask. 
they have another heart to heart here, and I don't I don't quite remember where this fits in with that previous conversation, but I just it sticks out in my memory because uh, at some point they they talk about whether or not they they should go back or whether or not they're going to be able to go back, and uh, Sam says, "Dean, that's that's where all of our friends are," and I'm like, "What?" What friends? Yeah, what friends? We're all we're all dead. What are you talking about, Sam? Yeah, all of your all we 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 cleared in season five. All of your friends were demons. Like, yeah. They were just demons there to watch you. And you know, Dean doesn't have any friends except for Bobby, and Bobby is barely functioning alcoholic. Maybe like maybe Ben, but like that's not really an appropriate that's friendship. Really friends, <laughs> yeah. And that, also, he had to give back that uh game at Plants and Zombies, Plants vs yeah. Zombies game. So he had to give back his son. He's not allowed to hang out with him anymore. Very sad stuff. Uh, we get this weird scene with Virgil, who goes into a like a gun shop and mm-hmm. just buys a shotgun and like a like a pistol, and uh, that's this is where we learn that he is the uh, weapons master of heaven, and he knows mm-hmm. like all about human weaponry for two for some reason. Yeah. Which when we watched the scene, Jess was like, "Why is that a thing? <laughs> why yeah, is there like, a weapons it, master it, of heaven? Wh- why is like, there a weapons know. master of heaven? Like that doesn't need to be that doesn't need to be a thing. It feels it feels very um." ornate like it doesn't it's just mm-hmm. not necessary this, this mm-hmm. could just be like a random alien it didn't need to be like a specific yeah. dude yeah. or anything um Kripke shows up it's great it's just like they they could not make fun of themselves more here because he comes in and he's talking fast and he's, he's okay oh we got a lot to do hey sorry about misha but i hear you know we, we got the cover of variety like we made the the, the front cover it's sad <laughs> it's, it's it's a tragedy but like hey that yeah that's great we got the front cover oh, that's good let's like, get some numbers it's a good number it's just such a like a a clear great parody of of what it must be like working with hollywood people or, or mm-hmm. doing any of that the show business thing you know um it's oh sad, much sad, but yeah playing okay. into that stereotype yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um and he's like, "Oh, hey, there's the temp. Let me go, or, or the uh, whatever, the the extra. Let me go. Let me go talk to him and uh, and sort it out. And just, it's it's very dark because Virgil comes back and he just opens fire on on Kripke and kills him. And I get that they're being like, "Hey, we jumped the shark on this episode, and this is like the death of Eric Kripke's vision. We've now destroyed what Supernatural was with this episode." And I know that they're kind of like winking, six, right, guys? Yeah, winking wink, wink. and nodding. As Kripke just keeps walking forward, getting shot, very confused as to what's happening. And the music that's playing is very, uh, like, Desperado style, like, Mexican standoff stuff, which is really weird, too. It just takes a huge departure. All very strange. Uh, he also kills Bobby Singer. Like he blows, he blows Kripke away. He he shoots Bobby Singer in the hearts and start going into like a shooting rampage inside on the set, killing a bunch of different people. There's this one thing, and I want to talk about it because I, I did eventually find out that it doesn't lead anywhere. But there was like one guy that they showed just basically dodging the bullet and like looking kind of confused and then just walking away. Like there, nothing really had ever happened. And apparently mm-hmm. that was just some dude on the set who's known for being so calm and cool collected that they thought like even in a gunfight, like that dude would just dodge <laughs> a bullet and walk away. So um, this is probably a good time to mention like a lot of the stuff in this episode. We, we're, we're leaving out a lot of the details on it because mm-hmm. I think it would just take too long to exhaustively list out. But this thing is full of in-jokes from the actual cast and crew, like a, yeah. to a ridiculous degree. And it's um, definitely have, like it's a love letter. <laughs> it's a love letter to those people to who work on the show, and not just you know Jared and Jensen and Misha, um, and obviously to the fans who are, who are all into that. But like, if you're not into any of that sort of thing, like my dad who still watches Supernatural, he hates this episode so much. He thinks it's really it's so stupid. He doesn't think it's even the like the tiniest bit funny because he doesn't get it. He doesn't care. He doesn't engage in fandom. He watches football and Supernatural, uh, so he just like does not get what this episode is. 
That's interesting because I'm I'm so much into so I am so into the idea of this this meta nature that I mm-hmm. I really like it and I like it when shows do things like this. Same. We're uh we're we're doing we've we we've brought this up before, but we're actually watching Community over again, and we're probably somewhere oh, in nice. season two, and it's it's Start doing stuff like. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Six seasons in a podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but there's there's one point where like Jeffrey Wigger is like, "That's it, I'm doing a bottle episode <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that." It's just really, it's just really good stuff. Um, I think Community is the only show I've watched more than Supernatural in my life. Hmm, interesting. I like that show a lot. Um, so Virgil goes on his, Virgil goes on his shooting rampage, and Sam distracts him with a, a very well placed "Hey" and like waving his arms in the air. Which yeah. is really funny. And <laughs> the then classic Virgil looks Sam Winchester move. <laughs> classic Sam move. Uh, rolling plus two for for hay mm-hmm. <laughs> for distraction, and then Dean just tackles the guy. And uh, they had found out. Uh, I think we kind of skimmed over this, but they found out from a dude that witnessed the murder that uh, Raphael was setting it up so that Virgil um, could get back into their world um, yeah. at a certain time in the place that he came in. How they figured out where this was or anything like that, I'm not real sure. I think they chased him down into it, but. Um, they fight with Virgil and basically just uh, get to jump through the window at the right time. And mm-hmm. then they get uh, they're, they're back in their world. And so we don't have to worry about any of this dumb real world stuff anymore. Yeah. And and we should note that it freezes, freeze does a freeze frame, right? Yeah, the they freeze frame the referenced earlier in the episode. <laughs> yeah. Chekhov's freeze frame, if you will. Uh, of course. And then, yeah, uh, Raphael is there. And Raphael has a, as a woman, as a meat suit this time around. Uh, and yeah, she's there. She's like, oh my, wow, it's, it's you guys. I'm just going to kill you. And Balthazar shows up and he explains the whole plot of the episode, which is that he gave Sam and Dean a fake key to yeah. distract Raphael and Virgil while he went and secured the real weapons safe hold so that he could hand them over to Misha. And or Castiel, uh, excuse me, Castiel. Either or, took it to me. I mean, it's only one episode, and look where I am. It's broken me. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Cass shows up with him. He's you know Balthazar's backup. He has the weapons. He flashes his wings in a big like season four badass move, Mm -hmm. where he's like, "Hey, I have power now. You should probably you know uh, buzz off, fly, because like you're in big trouble." And um, that's it. Raphael zaps out of there, and um, unfortunately. We find out that uh, Castiel was in on this whole thing. He was in on Balthazar's plan to use Sam and Dean with their fake key um, to send them on this bog goose chase. And Castiel's using them here. In a way, it's incredibly cold because we just saw soulless Sam using people. um, And we were like, hey, that's bad. You shouldn't do that. At the same time, Castiel was like, well, Sam and Dean are going to be fine. And making that call, making that like judgment call is something that Castiel never would have done before, but it's something that like a hardcore, like serious military leader, I feel like would have to to make. Like, there's a sacrifice here, but these two guys can handle it. I'm gonna send them out there, and I'm not agreeing with Castiel. I think it was like a shit move to to you know fuck over your friends like that. You probably should tell them what they're up to. But it just goes to show where Castiel's head at is because this whole season he keeps reminding Dean, "Hey, buddy, like I know you want to smooch up on me, but like I have a war to fight. I can't come down here and like." deal with your feelings and your problems all the time like i have to do my own thing and now we're really seeing like this is military cast this is in charge of some bullshit cast because there's a war going on in heaven and he just used his best buds to um to get what needed done yeah it's it's i don't necessarily agree with what castiel is doing here but it's obviously something that he feels he has to do um i think that 
Dean and Sam would have probably gone along with this plan if it would have been explained to them. Uh, but there was just not enough time for that to happen. And it was, it was definitely Castiel saying, well, yeah, I don't, and even, he even does it now. He's like, I have a lot going on. I don't really have time to tell you about it. So sorry. And then he disappears right after teleporting them back to Bobby's house, which has a giant hole in the wall from the very beginning of the episode. And it's still raining outside. So gay. Yeah. Um, And so I don't, I don't, I don't think that Castiel has necessarily done anything wrong. It's just, it's kind of just like a man, really? Like Mm -hmm. you could have just asked, (laughs) like I would (laughs) have, it's fine. Like you could have used my car anytime you wanted to, but just ask, like, let's let me know. It's one of those situations. Um, I'd like to think that they would have, done it they would they would have agreed to help castio mm-hmm. um but yeah I, he didn't ask so i guess it worked better this way with the boys being in the dark and that's and that's the end of the episode mm-hmm. uh it's it doesn't really forward our, our season six plot our overall plot um very much no it's mostly just a uh just a it's just a reminder episode. that there mm-hmm. there was like there's heaven stuff happening because it's i i always I think I've complained throughout the course of this podcast that I was never as into the angel stuff, the angel war stuff, especially like none of that interested me because they're not humans. So I, I don't care. And, and that's like a weird, like I always say, I like Castiel. I like demons like in the show. I think that a lot of them are fun, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like you relate through the, the human vessel through like the, the human experience. So when Castiel is acting like a human, it's the same thing. Um, but just like a war between celestial beings is like cool on paper, but like, I don't, I'm not super engaged with that when there's like my two hunks right here. So these little reminders periodically throughout the season were kind of necessary for me watching this the first time going in week to week because I kind of would just forget because I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly didn't. I don't particularly care about the big bad in the season that much either. I just care about our hunks. I cared about the whole soul business thing. Um, so there was still interesting stuff, but now that I think about it, there's three plots going on. There's the, uh, soul of Sam plot. There's the mother of all plot and there's the, uh, heaven war plot. So I guess there's just a lot happening here. And then there's the Dean and Lisa Ben plot, but that it is what it is. Well, and it's, I think, I think that's, uh, I'm going to talk more about this with the next episode. Um, but it's, it's, it, it just feels like there's a, a lot going on and it, like for an episode to, to have three or four plots like that happening and to have an episode that doesn't really move it forward other than now Castiel has some weapons that he didn't have and that apparently scares Raphael like it's all vague and just hand wavy kind of that I just yeah. yeah so so it's it's a little weird it's the the episode itself though and this was what I was saying at the very beginning of the podcast where I was going to be a little negative like everything when they come back to their world, like this, the standoff with Raphael and Balthazar and Castiel, I think it's just like, okay, there's, there's, there's two characters that I like watching some other people that I don't care about do some stuff, I guess. <laughs> and it's not, it's just not good. Like it's not, <laughs> it's fine, but it's just like you're saying, like you just didn't particularly care about any of this angel bullshit. And like right now I don't either. They haven't given me any kind of stakes for, for Castiel. Castiel hasn't explained a lot of this and it's, you know, it, it's oh, we have to save heaven because it's it's the, the your entire universe or whatever. But like, why? Like, why does that? Why does that matter? Like, right. why? Why is it happening now when it didn't happen last year during the apocalypse or, or whatever? Mm-hmm. So, it, it feels like this has been stretched out to a degree, and that's and it probably has been. Like, let's let's be like they were doing twenty two episodes, and we're on, this is what episode fifteen, I think. Um, and it's you know they've they've got some they still got some plot they got to work through they got some episodes they got to work through but overall like the the star of the show here is the acting that Jensen and Jared do pretending yeah. to be Sam and Dean pretending to be Jensen and Jared it's delightful 
it's it's amazing. It's it's just it's fantastic. And then to, for them to put so many in jokes, for them to lean so far into the humor of this, and for everybody to get on board and to to take the joke and to you know just roll with it, I think is it's just great. You know, that's obviously I don't know if we mentioned that wasn't Sarah Gamble on the phone. It wasn't Eric Kripke that gets shot. It's yeah. not Bob Singer in the episode or anything like that. But uh, some of the other bit parts, like that's the actual stunt coordinator. Um, some of the the photography people are like actual photography people. So that set set crew shows up in the show, which I have to imagine is kind of cool for the uh, behind the scenes crew to to do to be able to do that. Yeah, and that's, one of that's my fun stuff. One of my favorite things about the the outtakes and the bloopers and whatever is that you see the same crew members throughout all mm-hmm. of them. Like I I don't know what the most recent one I watched was like season eleven or something. I used to you know have all the Blu rays or DVDs and then I watch them on YouTube now, but. uh it's all you see the same cast and crew members, which is which is cool. Like the same um, cameraman or whoever. I, you know, I don't know what their roles are because I don't know anything about uh, film set. Uh, but I think it's really cool that you'll you'll see the same faces. You don't know their names, but they've been there the whole time. And I think that that contributes a lot to why Supernatural's still on. They always talk about their family there and and all that. And I think that's super cool. The next episode is And Then There Were None, written by Brett Matthews and directed by Mike Roll. Air date was March 4th, 2011. Samuel joins up with Sam and Dean. Sam, Dean, and Bobby set out in search of the mother of all's latest monster. While investigating, they run into Samuel and Gwen, who are also hunting the creature. Samuel and Bobby get into a heated fight about how to handle the case. Uh, this is close to being accurate but like they leave out one important character namely rufus who is all over this episode i mean i don't know why they're even bothering they just don't even mention this dude that's pretty sad um the fact that they mentioned gwen but not rufus in this is really depressing to me (laughs) yeah what the hell (laughs) um so we start off with a with a truck driver who is a character from season one um the scarecrow episode Oh, this is the guy that you were talking about. I thought you were talking mm-hmm. about the like a dude at the. You, yeah, I was all confused. I thought you were yeah, talking about the, the guy from the uh, guy at, in the Scarecrow episode season one. He's at the diner who like he like runs Dean out of town. He doesn't want him around. Um, it's that same actor. I looked it up this time because I always say like, oh, it's you know that that's the guy who played Dracula, but it's fucking not. Uh, so I looked it up and it, I it, that's him. I was I was right for once. <laughs> um, but he Good um, job, we. Chris. We see the uh, dragon virgin. She shows up at the uh, the gas station and she's like, hey, I need a ride. So he gives her a ride and you think it's going in one sleazy direction. Uh, and, and she starts to like make up, make out on him. And he's like, no, 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 little missy here. Um, don't follow uh, my tongue down your throat. Follow Jesus instead. Take this pamphlet. Don't be like that. Um, and she she does some some uh, i guess like a mother of all magic and makes him go home and murder his wife boom smash cut with um, with a that's hammer. your cold open <laughs> yeah i thought she was eating his ear for for a minute yeah here, and that, i guess that was I, really really creepy and gross i don't know i never really particularly connected with this actress um i don't, I don't like hate on her i yeah, yeah i always I, thought I don't, that I don't she... like her i don't like her in this very much at all let me let me phrase it that way and i know that they were trying to take somebody who was like sweet and innocent and and make them into the big bad i mean she's a dragon virgin we all know this um i guess i for me she doesn't sell it very she sounds she talks like she's a millennial i guess and like i mean so am i so so what do i care 
it just like it doesn't sell the 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 eldritch horror that is supposed to be like lingering within her it just sounds like a girl who is an actress and she's gone to california and yep it does yeah i never i could never really buy uh her performance which is a shame it's it's not often that something like that kind of takes me out of it but i just don't think that she was right for this role necessarily well i don't want to uh beat up on this chick too much but uh just i'll just let you know that since doing supernatural um I, I hope she has a side job let's just say that i hope she has oh, a different no. job besides acting because oh, no. she has not done a lot and i can't imagine scraping by and living with this it's a real shame yeah she's um she's not that busy of a person of an actress so yay for that uh oh. I, I, I i'm with you i don't i don't I think you're you're dead on with what they are trying to do, which is very much the um, Lilith Lilith situation uh, from season five, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't yeah. come off nearly nearly as well. Uh, the The main episode here um, is like there's kind of a comedy of errors that lead up to Dean, Sam, and Bobby uh, investigating what's going on here, interviewing this guy who killed his wife, who doesn't remember anything. Uh, finding another guy that like started shooting up a cannery <laughs> and <laughs> and the cops like completely clipped him and that's where they run into rufus so like there's some some good funny stuff here until it gets into the main part of the episode which is when they're gonna investigate this um this canning facility this cannery and mm-hmm. uh which is where all of this episode is going to take place at and i don't know chris and correct me if i'm wrong we I, didn't, I forgot to mention this earlier i don't know that we need to go beat by beat through here because no. It's it's a it's a, something that like every sci-fi slash um, supernatural show will eventually get to, which is like, yeah. oh hey, John Carpenter's The Thing is real good, yeah, <laughs> and we should do one of those because <laughs> that's what this episode is. <laughs> it's exactly that's what I was saying to you. I was like, oh, it's like that episode Ice from the X Files, but also like The Thing, <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. That's what the X Files was copying. I mean, it's fun and it works. This is not the best example of it, but it does have my favorite characters in it, so that's something for it. Um. So, but yeah, basically, you know, Sam, Dean, and Bobby, they're going to go, they, they're tracking this thing, and, and while they're on the case, they run into Rufus, they all team up, they go to this this canning facility, or whatever, like you said, and then they get there, and it turns out that Samuel and Gwen are also there on the case. And as we know, Dean and Samuel got some real bad blood, because Dean said, hey, I'm going to kill you the next time I see you, so, uh, and that's exactly what he tries to do. He immediately runs up to Samuel and tries to shoot him, and would, I think, if Sam wouldn't interrupt him, and... uh you know, Gwen is a little taken aback by this until she gets told about some of Samuel's dealings. She didn't know that he, that Samuel had fed Sam and Dean to ghouls, basically that it, you know, betrayed them for demons. And, um, there, there's some, there's some real big family stuff. There's some really surprise, like real big surprise moments in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the core of the episode though, let's go ahead and get the, the kind of details out of the way so we can talk about the fun stuff. I think, sure. Uh, there's this, there's this weird monster thing that in like gets into your ear and then makes you kill people. Yeah. That that's pretty it, much um, it. It's just some <laughs> and then it leaves, it leaves your ear. As, uh, sometimes like when they first team you, up, sometimes yeah, it when doesn't. they first <laughs> when they first team up uh Bobby and and Rufus. I like, I just had to point out Rufus's line. Uh Bobby says, "What are you doing here?" and he says, "Same as you tracking 31 flavors of crazy." Um but when they go to the morgue and they find this black goo in in the ear, it's not ectoplasm, it's something new and that's kind of the theme for this monster is that it's something new. It's something you haven't seen before. And I definitely like that idea in a world where you fight monsters constantly, especially if we were living in a, a, a world of supernatural where there were no angels and there were no demons and it was just monsters like werewolves and, and Wendigos and, and witches and, and strange things like that. Um, that would be cool to find something new and alien and strange that the boys have to deal with. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we've seen like celestial beings. Like I'm pretty sure God's hanging out somewhere. So like a little black bug that goes in your ear. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, like crazy, but <laughs> yeah, the, the the characters in the story and the, the characters in the show make out like this is a really huge deal. Mm-hmm. They make out like, oh wow, we we we've never seen anything like this before. We don't know how to uh, we don't know how to figure out when they finally figure out that electricity is something that does it doesn't like like that's a that's a mm-hmm. shocking moment. But and it is fun to see them wrestle with something new. And I, maybe it's like, maybe they aren't even trying to raise the stakes as if like, this is something so dangerous, they won't be able to deal with it. In a way, it does seem like they're almost leaning into that. But like when they, it it could just be the fun, this is something new and they don't know how to deal with it. Um, Rather than this is something that's worse than anything that come before. I don't really know where they're trying to draw that line with this. Uh, I like the concept of a new challenge for them. I don't necessarily think that it has the the gravity that they want it to have i think that's the that's what's missing in throughout this episode um is the gravity and that's probably the reason that all the characters are floating every, no i'm kidding uh it's everything feel everything does feel kind of weightless though like Stupid. there's there's several deaths in this episode um and it doesn't really shut up it's a good joke <laughs> there's several deaths in this episode and it doesn't feel as important as it probably should mm-hmm. um there's and the the thing the thing that happens here is that somebody gets the the bug in their ear and they don't know who it is and then it leaves and then it could be in somebody else and so they're doing this whole thing where we're going to pair off and go do this and we're going to watch the other one and all this other business chris i was bored stiff by all of this yeah, action yeah, I, I had no interest in a lot of this unfortunately this is this is a bit boring um there's a couple moments here and there but i sort of wished that it was about 10 minutes shorter the whole episode mm-hmm. um I, I like the chemistry as always between Bobby and Rufus, um, Sam and Dean. I like everything that they do. Um, I love you guys so much. Um, and then there's <laughs> please, like please a little bit of resolution with Samuel, um, except not really. There's a lot of resolution. <laughs> well, yes, because I don't think that they. I don't. I don't think that he's as evil as they suddenly make him out to be. Like I know that he sold them out last episode. But last time it felt like his hands were tied just a little bit more. Like he was doing it out of desperation. It was the actions of a desperate man trying to bring back his daughter, not thinking clearly, not doing the right thing. Um, but here they just really paint him as like a malicious son of a bitch. Um, obviously, the first thing he says, he calls out Sam for like, hey, you're different now. And Sam's like, yeah, I got my soul back. What's up? Um, but later on, the interaction that he has with Sam, well, I kind of forgot. I, I did. I just. I'm gonna I'll let everybody know that I did forget the resolution to this episode. Is that when Sam, uh, spoilers, shoots Samuel in the head? <laughs> that's that's a little. That's what I was talking about. Like it's it's resolved. <laughs> yeah, he shoots Samuel in his head. I I am just remembering now that he did actually have the bug in his ear. But they let you think for like 25 minutes that Sam just killed his grandfather straight up. Yeah, there's there's some interesting stuff that they do with this. So um, I guess let's let's go in the order of deaths uh, because. The very first thing that happens is that Dean shoots Gwen, uh, because as as he's they pull him away from shooting Samuel when they first encounter Sam and Gwen, Samuel and Gwen, and Sam basically pushes Dean and is like, "Hey, go away. We need to talk to this dude. You don't need to shoot him right now. I'm not saying we're not going to shoot him later. I'm just saying <laughs> we're, we don't need to shoot him now." And uh, when Gwen finds out that Samuel betrayed them, she runs to talk to Dean, and Dean's like, "Oh yeah, he sold us down for ghouls." And and by the way, and just shoots her in the chest, and she just drops, and he just turns and runs. 
which is kind of a what the fuck moment, like a huge like what the fuck is going on? Keeps stringing Gwen along to just keep throwing her away or killing her or something. This poor woman. I don't woman. understand. Like this, somebody had like something that they really wanted to do with Gwen this season, and it just couldn't make it happen. Like lost yeah. a bet in the writers' room, or you know didn't didn't have enough pull with the director or whatever. But like eventually, it's, and this is this is what this is what they put mm-hmm. this woman in a. Um, like a vault area of this cannery of this wet pipe factory number five and just leave her there. Like nobody, we don't find out anything else about Gwen ever again. Like that, this is the end of Gwen. Do they give her a hunter funeral? Probably not. Probably not. Um, they probably literally forgot that she was there. <laughs> it's they're insensitive. Like, she's not in it very long. <laughs> it's a fucking boys club in here. All they care about is their Man, bros. I'm telling you. Um, and then we go into this, you know, we got to find Dean and then they find Dean and he's all passed out thing. And then who has it now? Let's all put our weapons away. And again, if you've seen the thing, you, you know exactly what we're talking about. It's, it's exactly this kind of thing. And uh, I, I will give you credit to Chris. You, you texted me that last night, but yeah, that's, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. And um, that's the thing is like, they don't, they don't really do. I don't feel like a whole lot to build tension with who has it. No, they don't, I don't think so. There's either. just sort of like, it doesn't feel like anybody has it. <laughs> That's kind of the thing. It's like, oh, it could be anybody at any time. And is anybody acting weird? No. It's just the one thing that Samuel does. He like sets a trap that they avoid, and then Sam shoots him in the face. But there's nobody else at any point that ever feels like they have it in them because they don't. And there's no. It doesn't feel like there's a threat of them having it in them either. There's the one time yeah. that Sam has it, and then Samuel has it, and then we like see it going to Bobby later. We don't see it, but then that's the at the very last second he's like, uh, I don't electrocute me because you know. I'm old. They barely do anything to to build the tension, and that's unfortunate. And again, I don't hate this episode, but like you said, it's it's boring and it's just a little bit slow. Um, yep. There is some. I mean, there is like you said, there's the resolution with Samuel, um, and I I think that they needed to have something like this with Sam. They had to have a big moment like that, rather than it be Dean who wanted to take this guy out, but it's his better judgment. It's you know listening to his his sensitive little brother that that stops dean from from pulling the trigger and again i noted that you know sam and dean are they're on the same team here and i'm I'm about that they got each other's backs in this one and that's much appreciated and i and i think that they well i, th- I think that they had to do something with sam to to, to have him do something cold-blooded but not be cold-blooded about it where solo sam would be like yeah i'll just how about i just shoot all you guys just to be safe solo sam would pull that trigger no problem regular sam pulls that trigger and he, because because it's what he has to do. It's the sensible thing to do in that situation. Because what if he's infected? What if whatever has has gotten him? You, you can't take that risk. And unfortunately, that's just the way that the cookie crumbles. Um, but he feels bad about it afterwards, as we know Sam will. But I think that they were just trying to draw that line of, of contrast between the Sam who was doing bloodthirsty things before and not caring, and the the Sam who now does it but still has to be like, oh fuck, I just shot him. But like the last thing he says, Samuel says to him is like, "I'm your grandfather. You're named after me." And then Sam shoots him in the head. <laughs> and there's there's some back and forth between Sam and Dean about this too, where Sam says, "You know, I just keep wondering um, what what would Mom think about this." And you know, mm. Dean says, "I think Mom would have said that blood doesn't make you family. That family makes you family." And this this they didn't know this man. And the, the times that they did know this man, he was actively you know, he actively betrayed them. And, you know, that's something that's almost unforgivable for, for Dean, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be weird because in just a moment, like at the end of this episode, he's going to be like, I don't care what horrible shit that you do. Like everything's forgiven. So I don't know how those two like factor w- to one another, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. 
that, that the back and forth there of having having soulful Sam do something that soulless Sam probably would have done is interesting. And it's weird because, you know, they've built this wall in Sam's head and there's kind of a back and forth a little bit with Sam and Samuel of, don't you want to know what you've done kind of thing where I, Samuel definitely seems to earn his death in this. Like yeah. They make him out to be such a bad guy and to be doing such bad things, but still actually hunting <laughs> things yeah. and, and explaining also to them what this monster the world. is. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, so it's, it's, it's even in it's like kind of basic premise of this thing that they're trying to do. I think that I don't, I don't really think it really succeeds at it. Like it's just nothing holds together on a, on a, on a detailed view. And it's, I guess at the end of the day, I'm, I'm glad that, that Samuel Gwynn and um, well, we're going to have one more character die here in just a little bit. I, can't, I bet, you, bet you can figure out who it is. That uh, They just wanted to get rid of... Hint, you didn't even get mentioned one. in this episode synopsis. <laughs> it's Dean. We told, we, we <laughs> Again. <laughs> Dean's going to be dead again. Uh, but yeah, none of this, like, it, it doesn't, this doesn't necessarily matter. Like you would think that him doing this stuff would trigger something in his, in his brain that he would remember doing something bad so that it would have an effect on this wall or yeah, you, think you that would think that, huh? It, but it, it, nothing, nothing occurs. Nothing, nothing happens. Occurs. And, um, there's, there's a lot uh, of writing here that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And the, and the whole, like you were talking about the, the lack of tension, the fact that this thing, this, 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 weird they call it something like conworm or something they have a really dumb name for it also which like the branding on this thing is really bad to begin with (laughs) but it's um this thing can go into somebody's ear uh cause you to cause them to shoot somebody or a whole bunch of somebody's and then just leave apparently with no damage whatsoever yeah like that's just that doesn't build tension that's just like oh like like, i mean you could just say like oh yeah i'm sorry I, i didn't mean to eat all of your corn i was infected by the conworm <laughs> i guess i don't know you can't tell because there's no sludge in my ear even though they said earlier that that's what they were going to be looking for but sometimes it doesn't leave it because the guy samuel after he gets shot in the head he doesn't have any sludge in his ear so i don't like it just none of it is internally consistent and there's like mm-hmm. again like you mentioned no sense of tension whatsoever so when all this stuff is happening i'm just like okay gets gets get to the i'm not this isn't like a, a short story where I'm afraid that everybody can die. Like this is, yeah. I know Dean and Sam and Bobby are going to come out of this alive. Yeah. And, the body count um, is actually pretty pretty high in this episode. It, it, yeah, I mean it's it's almost half, <laughs> and it's yeah. and it's all of the minority characters. So good job, Supernatural. Yeah, um, um, we'll get to, to Rufus's death here in a minute, but I I just you know it's it's just not particularly great. And mm-hmm. as much as I, I like a lot of the writing around it, um, there's a point very early on where Rufus talks about uh, he's trying to convince uh, Bobby to, to partner up. And he's like, come on, man, it's not rocket surgery. And that's that's like a running joke for me and Autumn for some reason, because, <laughs> you know, oh, it's, it's you know, it's not rocket science, but like rocket science is one thing, but rocket surgery, that seems way harder, <laughs> way harder. <laughs> um. um there, yeah. there's some good stuff like there's some okay writing there's some okay dialogue around this but uh i it's just it's just kind of like a slog of an episode and you see mm-hmm. why again when we talk about these and it's, this has happened for the last few podcast episodes that the second episode we'll recover is kind of the downer episode we start with a good one like you, you see why this season has the reputation that it does because right. there's not a whole lot to glean from this thing and i'll say yeah I, i'll say that i can watch just about any single episode of supernatural and enjoy it because I love Supernatural, I love this cast, and I love watching whatever they're they're doing. I just I enjoy it. It's something I like. 
But when it's different when you sit down to do a podcast about it and you're you're taking notes and you have to pay attention to everything and you can't just idly sit back and, and watch the nothing unfold, you know? It, it it gives us a bit of a different perspective, I think, on on when you have to like think about it a little bit more. And there's not a lot to think about here, unfortunately, despite how much technically happens. Samuel mm-hmm. dies, Rufus dies, Gwen dies. Um there's there's a lot going on here. But I to to back it up just a little bit. Rufus does reveal here that like we're hunting a creature from purgatory, the mother of all who came to this world and spawned all of the hell that we live with. That's, Samuel reveals that, but yeah. Yeah, Samuel Samuel reveals that. We um so that is something. That's that's big. That's they're they're building towards something this world. And while there's not a lot of tension for this episode with this monster, I understand that there could be the implication of of more uh that mm-hmm. like hey, this thing's here now. This could be some serious problems. Like we're both looking at it as if it's a one-off monster, um, and I don't know if it is. I can't really recall, but I think that there's the idea that it could be something that goes on. Uh, to to it's something new. It's something that problematic. That that's gonna be an issue f- for our our gang here because it could be inside anybody. And again, I don't know if they follow through with that, but it's something. It's something that I guess that they could be forgiven for if this is. Rather than like the dramatic climax of this monster, uh, it's just the the introduction of it. Either way, and it eh, eh. <laughs> it seems like uh, forgiveness is something that they're trying to make a theme of this episode mm-hmm. with um, Dean. Really, in, in all, like probably shouldn't forgive Samuel for you know sending him to Crowley and almost getting eaten by ghouls, uh, but also sure. like having that that interplay there. Sam wondering if, you know, if he can be forgiven for all of the stuff, the soul of Sam, which isn't really even brought up in the episode, but like he kind of, like I felt that undercurrent, like they almost wanted to bring it up, but didn't. We have this entire subplot of, that gets brought up in conversation a couple of times of Omaha, which is a, a place that Bobby and Rufus, um, before they kind of split apart at some point they, they joined up Rufus saved Bobby from his wife, uh, his wife being possessed by a demon. Yeah. I think uh, and, Bobby and reveals trained, at the end of the episode that mm, it was trained. Rufus who trained him. Yeah. He was, um, yeah. his, his Yoda or, or, or something. Sure. <laughs> definitely. Definitely the Yoda of the relationship. I like to think that I'm the Yoda of the pot of this podcast. Chris, I think you and definitely and are. And I'm Luke. like, I'm Luke <laughs> when he just gets to Dagobah. I'm still like, <laughs> I'm like I've learned how to do like front flips with you on my back, but like I still can't pull the X wing out of the swamp yet. Yeah, okay, well, good. That's that's good to know. One day, one day, <laughs> one day. Episode one hundred, you'll pull that. Just you like, pull but that I have to help my friends, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Just shitty, Luke. But, uh, I love Luke, but sure, yeah. Um, but there's this whole situation where they were they were a team, they were partners mm-hmm. until something happened in Omaha. And the, the to the credit of the TV sh- of the writers, they don't tell you what happened, which I think is really good. They just imply. Yeah. Something happened. Um, I let her die is something that that Bobby says, and uh, Rufus says that absolutely will never forgive you for that. Like, change the subject. We don't even need to talk about this. And later in the end of the episode, Dean says, "You know, I'll forgive you people for anything. We shouldn't let this thing harbor. We shouldn't let these things get in our way of being a family." So there is Mm -hmm. seems to be like some attempt at that. Yeah, but also nothing changes. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna do something with this, like you should have people forgive one another or not, <laughs> and none of that right. ever happens. Like everybody's in the same place with everybody else, and we don't know what Sam has done to be forgiven for, other than what the show has told us. And Dean has basically already said, like, yeah, that's cool. I don't care that you fucked and murdered that whole town. So it's 
nothing really kind of happens. Yeah. Which is, is really frustrating for a mid season uh, or mid a mid season episode where, you know, you're introducing a monster that's not terribly great <laughs> to begin with. I'm not really like, it's not a very sexy monster or interesting or based on folklore. Like it's supposed to be something new and scary, but it just kind of comes up as dumb. That whole scene where they torture Bobby because it's possessed Bobby and you know, it, it makes Bobby stab Rufus, which is how Rufus dies. And, they are torturing Bobby by electrocuting him. And it's that the, the, the thing has his voice and is telling him like, you're all going to die. Like it feels yeah. very cheesy exorcist, like 1960s horror movie stuff to mm-hmm. me. And I, I just, I just, it's the entire time I was watching it today. I was like, eh, I'm just, okay, sure. Okay. Right. I guess. Yeah. It's a bad I, way to feel about a supernatural episode. For sure. Um, it's something I, I, I like I like the episode on paper and I and I like a lot of what happens on paper but like the execution and it's it's hard like if you're watching supernatural again like you're not going to necessarily hate this episode um it's just not very strong and um it just kills off characters for some reason and like it like you said tries to do the forgiveness thing and but at the same time I think it's important to talk about that this is still trying to set up stuff for season 6 um what episode is this is this like what 12 16 i think 16 okay so we're a little bit further than i thought um and it's it's now trying to set up our big bad remind us yes eve created us so eve okay eve can create monsters she apparently was the she's from purgatory we know that uh crowley was looking for purgatory beforehand so there is some things tying together here but do we care i think is the bigger question um in a way yes because i love supernatural but in a, in a way no i don't because like well, uh, what does this matter to sam and dean like what is what is their dog in this fight other than just to keep on hunting which is which is fine which is which really is all i need and unless the show is telling me that i need to look for something else but also it seems to have forgotten about the alphas which is yeah. a, a concept that i was really enjoying like i i really wanted more information about these these monsters that were ancient that were the first of their kind and i think that it's a real big missed opportunity for us not to get screen time like we did with the alpha vampire with mm-hmm. the alpha shifter and alpha werewolf and alpha yeah, I, whatever. I think it was episode <clears throat> one of this season where they talk about how shit's been, <laughs> been crazy since the apocalypse, how, you know, it didn't just shake up uh, the angels and demons, but like the monsters were here on earth for the apocalypse too. And now werewolves are turning on the half moon and there's all, the the rules are breaking they none of that's really been addressed for the most part of this season uh and that's a it's a cool idea that like sam and dean all hunters they're able to do what they do because these things operate with rules they have a set of 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 tools that that can beat these monsters um vampires don't go out during the day werewolves only turn during a full moon they have they have a rule set and that's what lets meager humans fight against these things is they have their intelligence uh, and, and these monsters have their weaknesses that that are exploitable but now oh shit everything's all kooky and crazy and we don't know what's going on with these monsters because the apocalypse fucked everything up that's just that's your season right there is trying to deal with batshit monsters but they don't really lean into it very much they just do the alpha vamp but he doesn't seem batshit he's just like hey something big's coming right because something's always big it's always coming because <laughs> something always big is coming is is the yeah. supernatural way right something there. always big is always coming yeah the uh and I, I think that that missing element too of the overall thread of the season um is is something that 
is in comparison to seasons one through five is something they did really well, maybe mm-hmm. less well with season three, but there was obvious, you know, there was a right. problem there. Right. But um, season four, season five, there was always something hanging over the boy's head that you knew they had to go and deal with. And if you're going to make that change, like we talked about at the very beginning of season six, when we started covering it, if you're going to make a, a tonal shift of how your show is going to work, you need to have something there to give these boys a purpose. Either they are relaxing with their lives and they're going on hunts and they're, you know, they're finding something else, but every there, everyone is acting like this is high stakes. But to me, I, we don't really know that or understand that yet. And I don't necessarily think that all the boys know is that this is the mother of monsters. This is mm-hmm. it. So, okay. Maybe she created monsters. Like she had a weird face effect on a video screen. We've, we've seen that with the shifters in the past. Like we've right. seen this before. It's not anything particularly new. Okay. Now there's like a, an eight inch, does this does Dean keep constantly call this thing a herpy or a harpy or something throughout this episode? Does he <laughs> does a really weird thing? And uh and otherwise, like I think it's Sam calls him out one time. It's like, what do you keep talking about herpes for? Uh it's just it's it's just it's it's not particularly great. The ending, I think, is is a missed opportunity too, because uh anytime that you should that you can show a hunter's funeral, you should show a hunter's funeral. And they don't show us that for Samuel or Gwen, which I think is a, is a disservice to both of those characters, regardless of the things that they did up to their death. Like they were still hunters. I feel like there should be like a tribal mentality for that. Uh, yeah. Maybe tribal is not the, the word I'm looking for, but like a community. Yeah. Like, they're all know. in like, no matter what their differences are, like it's, I feel like it's like soldiers sort of, they all have that, this, this mutual respect for each other because they're all working towards this, the same purpose. They all have their different reasons. And they have their different motivations and, and they the way they do things are differently, but at the end of the day they're all hunting monsters together and they're the only ones doing it. So you would think that there is some sort of unspoken respect at least. You would you would think. And then the scene that we do get at the end that serves as a as an epilogue is uh well first they set us up for this weird um cliffhanger that isn't an actual cliffhanger because they resolve it five seconds later, which I really despise when shows do. So they we see that them torturing Bobby who has been infected with this weird monster monster creature um and they're basically just zapping the dude right they're just zapping, just zapping this thing because it hurts Bobby but it also hurts this thing and eventually it may causes the thing to pop out of Bobby um and then of course they kill this thing and then they have to take care of Bobby and it cuts to commercial when they can't revive him and then it comes back from commercial and it's the the two boys are looking at a freshly dug grave plot as if mm-hmm. to imply that Bobby is the one that de- is dead, but no, like the, the camera turns and Bobby's right there standing behind him. So like, okay, like fuck you too, show. Yeah, <laughs> like, I hate, I hate, I hate dumb cliffhangers like that. Like commercial break cliffhangers mm-hmm. are so shitty to me. Like it feels just like bad television in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and this is where Bobby reveals, you know, I did, I did like that small bit of lore. Um, I don't mm. always want things explained to me. Like I don't, I, I never really wondered how Bobby went from where he was to, to where he is. Cause I, I fill in the blanks myself, but I do like the idea that there was a hunter who showed up to deal with the demon. And then Bobby says, you know, I would have gone to jail for killing my wife if Rufus hadn't, hadn't dealt with it for me. And I kind of learned, learned the ropes from him. And then somewhere along the line, I fucked something up real bad for him and he's never forgave me for it, but the two of them, they still work together. It's it just, I, I like that, that dynamic a lot in, in fiction they have so much chemistry together and on screen or like in the show they work so well together um 
but there is no love between them whatsoever. Even when Bobby tries to apologize, something we don't see him do a whole lot. Um, Rufus is just like, no way, man. Like, this is fine. The, the us hanging out, like hunting together, goofing off just a little bit. That's fine. But like, eat shit, dude. I'm never going to forgive you. Um, it's an interesting situation. Which plays into like when we first meet Rufus. Like, if you remember that, mm-hmm. you know, Bobby said, well, you need to go talk to Rufus, but he's not going to answer my phone call. He's not speaking to me. And it, that makes sense. I, <laughs> if, they, if they have this old grudge that's only being, you know, like, hey, we've run into each other on a job. So I'm going to put my shit onto the side so that we can go do this job, which is something also that Sa- that Dean does with Samuel in this episode of saying, like, hey, as soon as we get done killing this thing, I'm coming after you. Like, that's a hunter thing to do. Uh, and it's it, that this whole thing between Bobby and, and Rufus is, is it's, it's, it's very emotional. It's very poignant. And I, yeah. I, I, but I, at the same time, like I love Rufus as a character so much that I'm really disappointed that they like just off him in this episode in yeah. the same episode that they, you know, the, the new grandfather that's back in town and also this other third cousin that nobody really knew what to do <laughs> with that they introduced that like, uh, I don't think we ever even saw Gwen talk to Sam. Like that's how little she was used. Um, <laughs> and they've yeah, been was, in the same room a lot. Um, there was something I, I wrote down that er- earlier when Dean first got possessed and the monster leaves him afterwards, um, Rufus pokes him in the ear and he says, we're goo positive. Because they have to, you know, check the ears. But it just made me think of when Dean met Rufus in season three when he goes to his house with a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. And he, um, Rufus is trying to track down Bella for him. And he says, yeah, you have to do do the ear. You do their ear. And Dean is like, what? What do you mean you do their ear? What are you talking about, Rufus? Uh, And he explains that ears are are a unique form of identification, blah, blah, blah. He goes on, but he just says the phrase, you do their ear. And then there's so much ear stuff going on in this episode. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I don't know if it was intentional in any way, shape or form, but he's just always, every time he talks to Dean, he's talking about ears. It wouldn't surprise me if it was intentional because we get so much uh, really good Rufus like lore out of this. Like it seems to tie into a lot of, a lot of stuff with that. We've known from, from Rufus in the past. And you know, what's Um, interesting is he wouldn't, Sam and Dean see him when they they all meet up and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" and they give him like a good old handshake, like a "What's going on, brother? Yeah. Good to see you." Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 I like it because it's like camaraderie, like, like we said, like this is these these guys are all in this together, the hunter profession, and it's just like you know they're not really friends. Sam and Dean aren't friends with Rufus, but it's a dude that you 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 give him a handshake and say, "Hey, what's going on? Good to see you. Let's go do let's go do our job." Um it creates a sense of community amongst the hunters. It extends that family just a little bit, extends that, that web of, of relationships just a little bit. Um, so it's a shame that they, they cut it off right there because thankfully we're going to get plenty more. There's a, there's a lot of great characters coming down the pipeline. That's something that will always keep supernatural fresh is that they have these great guest characters all the time. We, we have Charlie, we have, um, Oh, what's Charlie. his name? Yeah, we have Charlie. <laughs> I, that was like the worst. <laughs> Wait, we have Charlie. And then I literally can't think of a single other one. We have Kevin. We Garth. have, what is his name? Garth. I was trying to think of Garth's name. Yeah. That's right. We have um, Jody Mills. Like there's lots of great characters. Yeah, Jody, Jody Mills will become a, a, a um, more significant character. Um, Castile's daughter will, will come back. I guess spoilers mm-hmm. for, for some of that stuff. Like it's, but we, we get some, we get some good side characters. Uh, it's, it's just sad to see Rufus go in kind of a, 
in just in a minor episode, like an episode yeah. that I, I would I will probably barely ever remember. So mm-hmm. yeah, I did not remember this episode. I did when I was watching it, but I didn't like when it started. I was like, yeah. Jess was like, oh, which which what what's this about? And I was like, I I, I can't tell you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm reading the uh, I'm reading the wiki. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they're referring to this thing as the con wor- worm, which is C K H A N. Like, like, and I don't know okay. why <laughs> it seems really weird. I'm, I'm, I feel like I missed something, but yeah. Uh, yeah. All in all, not like a, um, a, a super great episode. Uh, thankfully we had the French mistake this week. So, mm-hmm. uh, to, to make up for it, I'm very happy for that. And, um, it's I'm not a total much- stinker. It's just worthy of a lot of criticism, unfortunately. Yeah, the, there's some really great lines in here, and there's some really great moments. Everybody checking their ears for goo at the same time, I think, is mm-hmm. a really great scene. Like, everybody sticking their fingers, like, his, the four of them sticking their fingers in their ears yeah. at the same time is really funny. Sam's arm veins when he electrocutes himself, that was a big ticket mm-hmm. number for me. Um, the whole electrocution scene is, is really is really. Also, well Sam, Sam did get a haircut, I just wanted to point that out oh yeah bit. yeah we need to we need to talk about sam's hair for these two episodes. yeah it's not good. quite just checking in really quick it's not quite as long as it had been in previous episodes so he did he did trim it up a little bit it's got um in in french mistake it's got really really good shape really good body um and in this one mm, it, i could t- take it or leave it you know but french mistake i will say i i did show a picture to um uh, a hairdresser once and said can you make my hair look like that uh for this episode because it was really full bodied and good and she was like no i can't because you're not as handsome as him. <laughs> not, I can't. A haircut will not do this to you, Chris. It can't work miracles, boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's not a terrible episode. Like I said, it's it's it's. I guess I have said it's a terrible episode. So, I, <laughs> but you didn't it's mean not, it. You said it, but you didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, I said it, but I didn't mean it. Uh, sorry, baby, I didn't mean it. What I said. I uh, I wish I wish it could. I wish it was better. I wish this was a better treatment For of sure. Rufus's death. I um. I also, again, just talking about this, there's this weird reveal at the end where uh, they reveal that Rufus is a Jewish guy. And uh, they've they said it before. They've Pepe, joked about it before, I think. But I don't um, I don't remember when. Rufus has made has made a, like a reference to it before. Gotcha. But, but again, I, f- I find it very strange that they buried him instead of uh, salting and burning his bones mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that seems pretty important. Yeah. And uh, if they if Rufus ever comes back as a you know a ghoul or a goblin, then this is going to be the reason why, and you're going to feel <laughs> real sad. So. Yeah. And then um, that's really all I've got on this episode. Like I, I think, yeah, I think that does us. Okay. Well, let, let's roll out of here, Chris. Tell everybody where you can be found on the internet. Hey, everybody! You can find me, Chris, co-host of Monster of the Week at Local Bones on Twitter. <laughs> You want to talk about your other podcast? Yeah, I have another podcast. Um, I'm supposed to be editing the next episode as soon as I finish this. It's called The Pretenders Guild, and I, I've bumped it a couple times now. It's just us uh, talking about role-playing and video games, because we like to be big old nerds and do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely go check that out. It's a, it's a worthy listen. Uh, you can find me at JG Greer. Uh, I do another podcast that's similar to this one called Days of Future Cast, where me and a buddy of mine cover X-Men, the animated series. Uh, we get super gross and super detailed about X-Men sexual fantasies and lives. So come on over. It's a great old time. That is. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Thank you, especially to our patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week, helping us do the show, grow the show and do more episodes. We really appreciate you there. Um, thank you. We, we've got some iTunes reviews recently and they were super oh, yeah. nice. And, and so really, really appreciate that. Those, those, those bump us up in the charts a little bit on iTunes and they can help us out. So thank you for spanking your time. Um, we had some new listeners kind of tag us on Twitter too and say, Oh, I found your new podcast. Thank you very much. 
that's always very very gratifying so thank you guys for listening we we, we yeah, love we always, each uh, and every one of you we always immediately text each other when we see somebody say something nice about each other. Like, hey did you see that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they like us <laughs> it's absolutely the truth me and chris talk about every single <laughs> at reply we get on twitter yeah. so <laughs> it's a good time uh thank you again everybody for listening we'll be back next week with episode 56 of monster of the week and until then burn and uh, your grandpa when you kill him oh sure <laughs> Right? That's just good advice for anybody. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Wait a minute. Let me just. Was this just working if I just do automatic? Can you say something for me? Um, what's, um, up, what's up, guys? guys? Game of here. here. Um, but you, you, does, that, but does you not, that does not work at all. No. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs>which of course means under the weather. You guys know that. I don't have to tell you. Um, you wouldn't be on uh, uh, sick underscore gamer dot twitch dot tv dot, uh, dot like button if you didn't already know that. Um, that's what I like to call my fans, my UTWs, um, not to be confused with UTIs. My UTWs are my under the weathers, like my little guys. Um, you guys are always there for me. You guys are always sneezing into my mic with me, uh, sneezing right into my headphones along with me, sneezing down on uh, in that comment section and and sneezing all over that like button like you know you need to um if you you know just like and subscribe to for more sneezes from your boy sick underscore gamer anyway um back to the topic at hand why don't video game characters get sick what's up jeremy i'm doing a bit (laughs) it's not a discord thing i'm not gonna fuck with this very long so i just want to see if i can fix it real quick Oh fuck! Whoa! <coughs> Hello! Oh god! I was doing that as I was just like dramatically clearing my throat, but then I made myself cough. <clears throat> All right, I'm say something fine for now. me. So, hey, you want to hear the story of my death through one ear? Oh wow! That whatever that did that completely. You're still recording. <laughs> say I something. Am still again. Recording. Yep, yep, I can't hear you at all. Okay, so let me undo that. It's real weird. Just drag that back. I guess you here. don't want to hear the story of my death. Is that, is that how this works? Not, how do I just remove it? Fuck. Okay. Mm. All right. Just bear with me. Fucking bear in here. Let me try to put you in my right ear and see if that's. Just try to put me up your fucking butt. Sorry. Too much. Wow. Didn't think Chris. you'd be able to hear that. I thought you would have to wait till the edit on that one. Wow. <laughs> How Just are switch you, Chris? headphones. Chris, we haven't spoken okay. in weeks. I know. It's been quite a while. I was ready you, to regale you with the story of my death. Yeah, you almost died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 
And then you came back to life, and the first day that you're back on Twitter, um, it's nothing but Donkey Kong business. So, enjoy. It was nothing but but what business? Donkey Kong business. Oh, that's right. Um, So, this feels like it was such a long time ago now, but it was such a big deal when it was happening. Um, I got, the last time we recorded, which would have been right after Christmas? Or was it right before Christmas? I really, I don't remember. (laughs) I don't think it was after Christmas. Yeah, I don't, I think it was... Or maybe so it was. I don't, I don't Chris, remember. During Christmas, that weekend before I told you, I went to a party and I got really sick. But I yeah. think that that was unrelated, but it was just like, it threw me off. I got, I got sick to my stomach. And then I think in, in my head, it was like, now my body has been weakened by that. And then I just like got a cold and I got a really bad cold. And I thought I had a sinus infection because I've used to get sinus infections every year. And I would have to you know, go to the doctor, get an antibiotic or whatever the hell deal with all that so i just assumed that that's where i was at again but so come the the weekend of new year's and and jess brought me over like a ton of cold medicine whatever she's like i'm gonna take care of you help you out and uh that whole week leading up to that i was really nervous because uh everybody at my my sister's christmas eve party got super sick i don't know if it was like the neurovirus or the flu or what but everybody was throwing up like days after <clears throat> and i was also there so you know, my, both of my parents got really sick and I just kept expecting it to happen to me. You know, we were all, I was at, I was at ground zero for this, whatever it was. And I kept expecting something bad to happen. And I got through most of Saturday, just feeling really crappy for most of the day. And it already sucked that like just came all the way out to see me. And I was just like half dead on, you know, <laughs> cold medicine and whatever. Poor Chris. Yeah. And then at like, I think we ate, we ate dinner. I had a burger. And then at like six o'clock, six thirty, I started to feel really nauseous. And couldn't do anything about it. And I had seen, I saw Star Wars the, the night before this. And also felt really weird when I was at Star Wars, even though I hadn't eaten anything. So it was like a growing sense that something was wrong. Okay. And so I ate that burger Saturday night and was just like, I couldn't finish it. And I, that's when I knew. I knew right then and there. I should have I should have just told Jess, like, you should just go home because this is going to get bad. Mm-hmm. But selfishly, I thought that I could get through it and I wouldn't get sick. But I always finish a burger. If I'm eating a burger, I'm going to finish it. And I couldn't, I couldn't even eat half the thing. And that's what I knew. That's the, that was the the real the old burger that, test. I've been there. Something was wrong, and I won't get too, too graphic in case this is actually in the in the outtakes. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't want anybody to have to like deal with me being really gross. But obviously, I, I threw up. I threw up a lot, and I hadn't been that sick in so long. And I hadn't. Uh, I don't know. It just it like it wore me down because I had been so sick with like a cold. I kept saying I had the flu because it was the only way that made thing that made sense to me. Um, because I had had the flu. I've had the flu in my life before, and every time I've had it, I've thrown up. So I just assumed that, that this had to be that. I don't actually know that it was, because then I found out I didn't have health insurance, so I didn't go to the doctor. Um, so yeah, I got really sick, and I was just up all night to the point where I, it was in. I was up all night. I would go. I would go and and do what I needed to do, and I would try to go back to bed, and then I would just start groaning in my sleep. And then would like I wouldn't even really fall asleep. I would just be groaning, and Jess would be like, "Oh my god!" She was listening to Monster of the Week every time I went to throw up, so she wouldn't have to hear me. Um, <laughs> I want to listen to my sweet baby boy Chris, not my yeah. throwing up baby boy Chris. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would just like start like just because I couldn't help it. I was just in pain, so much stomach pain. And then at that point, it's now you know four in the morning. I'm so exhausted, I'm so dehydrated. I'm like hungry, even but because there's no no food left inside my body, and but somehow I just keep keep going keep having to go back down and um i think finally 
after all that. Like I would just collapse on my bathroom floor for a while and just lay there. I've never been so sick that I was just laying on my bathroom floor. That's disgusting. Um, just I was just lying there, just like I can't move. This is it. And then I I kept thinking, did my spleen burst? Did my appendix burst? Oh my or something? god! Like no. <laughs> like do I need to go to the hospital? Is my appendix haunted by my sister's ghost? Am, am I am I like super haunted right now? Um, and she's trying to get out through my kidneys. Uh, but but no, I obviously I was fine. I was just it just it sucked that it happened in the middle of the night. And I'm really bad with nausea, and I like couldn't sleep for a second if I'm nauseous. It's just not going to happen. Um, and I had eaten a lot too. And I think that some, I, me and Jess had a theory that it was actually just the medicine because I had taken so much cold medicine that I like couldn't digest anything properly. Um, then it can fuck with your stomach a little bit or your liver, but any, all that aside at like six o'clock, I finally was just like, I, I, there's nothing else that could ever possibly come out of me again. So I went up and I slept until about eight thirty, and then I woke up. So I slept for two and a half hours and was in so much physical pain, which is this. I'm so dramatic, but I was just in so much pain that I couldn't sleep. <laughs> yeah, you were you were like physically my, unable to sleep because you were. Yeah, you were I don't know if you've so ever been badly. like so hungover that you can't sleep because like your head pounds that bad. A um, whole lot. Yeah, <laughs> so many times. So that's it. Felt like I was incredibly hungover, like mm-hmm. just like from the worst bender of all time. Um, my head was just like pounding. This like pain was going in my stomach, but it was almost like it was like a friendly pain because I was like, there's no. I'm not nauseous anymore. It just hurts really bad, but I'm not nauseous anymore. And that's all that mattered. And then my, um, my lower back hurt super bad and my legs hurt super bad. And I don't really know. It was probably just from like growing up, I guess, like the position. I don't know. Um, but it was just well, like, well, if you were hydrated, pain, like all of your joints yeah. are going to hurt. Right. So yeah. if you were putting yourself in any kind of physical distress, cause I couldn't, then, I yeah. could not drink water before that. So I was just like, yeah, just broken down completely but i i felt like it was kind of over other than just like i would stand up and then i would just like fall back down again like i couldn't i couldn't really stand up and uh at some point jess went home because she she didn't sleep either she also got two hours of sleep and she had work the next day so she couldn't do like two nights of that and then have to go get up for work and drive an hour and go to work in the morning so um i didn't begrudge her at all for that um of course not yeah she had dealt with enough but then yeah it was just like by the end of the day, I think I ate half a piece of toast and a little bit of soup. And then the next day, which would have been New Year's, um, I was supposed to have dinner with my family and everything, but I was like, I'm not eating anything like that. I don't remember what I, but it was just like, then from then it was just slowly getting better. I called out at work on Tuesday and then it was just like, okay, I get the remnants of a bad cold. I had no voice. My voice still like goes out every few minutes now or was going out every few minutes. I think it's a little bit better now um and yeah that was the journey of sickness and i was just miserable and i was texting you a lot um <laughs> yeah I w- well i was worried about you me and, me and autumn were very concerned that you were going to die yeah <laughs> i thought i, I kept, would, I, I kept I, sending you texts like drink water and you're like i can't yeah. i can't even eat toast yeah i thought i was gonna die too and it's just like i again I, I was joking i'm being so dramatic but i haven't been that sick since i was like a kid so i remember the i got the flu whatever year dynasty warriors 3 came out <laughs> which was a very long time ago because i went specific <laughs> i went to blockbuster to rent a game and i didn't know what to get and i got dynasty warriors 3 for some reason and then the next day i just like died and then i remember trying to play that game because i was like i rented it i gotta play it and i couldn't because i just couldn't see straight because my head hurt so bad or whatever and that was the last time that i remembered feeling quite that bad um but it it passed and 
knock on wood, fingers crossed, that Jess didn't get it. So hopefully she won't get it, um, whatever it was. Uh, and that, yeah, that was it. And then it, just as I, I got back to work on Wednesday, it was my first full day of work. And Thursday, we got let out at 1030 in the morning because we got hit with 15 inches of snow. Yeah. So it was immediately back to like, okay, well, I got to shovel. I got to like get in my driveway. Because um, unfortunately, like being on like right on the street, the driveway is right on the street. The plow will come by and clear out the street, but then they push all the snow in front of your driveway. Um, so that was, I was like physically like I'm done, but I'm going to do this. Somewhere amidst all that, I started playing Dark Souls again and, and it was okay. And I had a lot of trouble with that too. That I was, I think it was just my weakened spirit. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. But now I'm okay. Now everything's okay. Now. The uh, the Dark Souls stuff got me kind of hyped because uh, mm-hmm. Sean, aka our buddy the Lore Hunter, mm-hmm. um, started was playing, and then you started posting screenshots, and then Dylan started posting screenshots, and I was like, "Why the fuck is everybody on my timeline playing Dark Souls except me?" So I I, I loaded up yeah. my old Dark Souls yesterday and i spent all morning playing dark souls and it was a oh, fucking yeah. great time that's a good game chris i don't know if you yeah. knew that or not <laughs> it's a good game i um i really you were saying how like oh it's not your build like that's not what you're gonna, like it is it was my that's why i was running into so many problems because i put so many points into faith and i like i said never never done that i I do like dexter strength or mm-hmm. like just like pump up my endurance and vitality i just keep myself alive and i have a good time with dark souls but i tried to get a little bit experimental have a little bit of fun and I, it didn't work out for me. So now I just was like been grinding a little bit, but I, I kind of enjoy grinding because yesterday I was playing for like three hours while Jess was watching the last man on earth on her iPad. And I was just like watching it with her. Um, so we had a good time and it's okay to grind when you're doing something else. So now I feel like I'm back to like, okay, I can play Dark Souls again. I got, I got my build back where it needed to be. I'm good. I did some grinding because I wanted to, uh, like that that area in the depths by the bonfire with all of the slimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was throwing my sign down there and waiting to get summoned. And while I was waiting to get summoned, I was killing the slimes because they have a pretty high percent chance to drop large titanite shards. Oh. And so I wanted to I wanted to get my my weapon to at least plus ten <clears throat> before going down to the gaping dragon, and I was able to do. That. I didn't realize that you don't have to fight the gaping dragon. No, not at all. <laughs> you can, you yeah, can, you can bypass all of them. You can always, just go straight to Quaylog. Yeah, I always take the master key. Even on my very first game, I just was like, well, it's a key. I should take it. Um, and I uh, always went in the back door to Blighttown. I didn't know that there was a different door. I think I said that to Allison or somebody on uh, Twitter a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, I found out like last year that that's not the door to Blighttown. <laughs> no, there's a big old just, door in the front. Yep. Never, never noticed it. Just. I talked to the guy sitting out there, the merchant there, but I just mm-hmm. never, I, I was like, that's just a wall. Those are just like shitty textures slapped together over there. So, I'm not, that's not a door. Okay, so now now I am confused. So you were going down and you were killing the gaping dragon and then you were going the back way into Blighttown. Well, then I was getting the, the key to Blighttown and I always thought, okay, well now I gotta go to Blighttown. And well, I must have unlocked that gate already with the master key. That's probably where it leads. So I'm just gonna go down there now. I'm the, right, I'm the appropriate level. I don't know. I never made any sense. I just was doing it because that's the path I had gone my first playthrough was like, okay, then I went yeah. to the depths, then I did this, and then I went to, like, this. I just followed that path, even though I didn't have to. It's, it's, I like that game a lot, like, for all of the bad things about it, like, having all of that kind of choice on where you want to go and what you want to do and how you can do it, like, it was, it was really fun, me thinking, like, okay, well, 
I got all the way down to Blighttown. I don't I don't have the ring that lets me move real quick through all this sludge. So I'm gonna I'm gonna not get all of these items. I'm just gonna kill Quaylog and then okay, I'm gonna go down to Nulando so that I can get the the very large embers so I can get my weapon up to plus eleven, plus twelve, um, before I even go to sin. Like I was doing that kind of thing, and it was just it was just all as I remember. The only thing I, I had a hard time remembering is where the very large ember was in New Londo. And I and I was actually right there on it. I just forgot to turn right mm-hmm. and then I got killed by a bunch of fucking ghosts. Yeah, New Londo I was, is filled with ghosts. It was funny. Ghosts. So me and Dylan have been texting. It was his idea. He <clears> kept saying, When I buy an Xbox One, I'm gonna get uh, Dark Souls because he doesn't have a 360 or a PS3 anymore, so he couldn't continue his playthrough. Um, I don't remember how far he got. I think he, I know he beat ONS back in the day. I know he at least got that far. Um, he triumphed over them, but uh, I don't know where he was. So it's been fun. Like I, you play a video game once, and as much as you love it, like he's played two and three to completion, mm-hmm. uh, but he had just never, he had never finished one. So coming back to it all these years later, like he did. Um, did a few things. He, he fought the Bell Gargoyles, but then he went down to the New Londo ruins afterwards. And I was like, Dylan, no, get out of there. Pull out the port. <laughs> like, don't he remembered there, the ghosts. He re- I think he remembered he needed the curse and all that stuff to fight the ghosts, but I was like, don't, Dylan, please. <laughs> just get get out of there. And I was like, look at look at the key. Look at the key you have in your inventory. Because I didn't want to just tell him. I didn't know if like that's where he what he wanted was for me to just say, oh, you need to go here and you need to do this. So I said, do you remember where you lo- met Solaire? Just remember that area and then and and look through your inventory, see what you have. And then he got himself back on the right track. And it's been it's been fun because it's not that he's a noob, but it, there's just so much that he doesn't know like remember. So it's been yeah. fun to like to talk through with him, you know. And um, if you want to hear all about uh Dylan's adventures, listener at home, if this makes into the outtakes, <laughs> don't give up skeleton episode number fifty is the is oh, yeah. the one for Oh yeah. And I want to say Chris is either forty nine or fifty one. I don't I don't quite remember. Yeah, I was right I was paired with him. Um yeah. I still wanna I, I would love to do that again just because my audio was so bad back then. Um you were forty nine. Josh Garrity mm. was fifty one. I'm really <laughs> I put you guys Ooh. in a bind. <laughs> wow. Um they have not stopped tweeting me about Donkey Kong, Chris. Yeah, I just yeah, I just checked out. Um, did Did you see this this thing that or some say Cosm made? No, I just she just tagged me and somebody pictured um, somebody posted a picture of herself with uh, Eowyn's sword from uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, okay, this sister, my my sister in arms here. I'm gonna drop the I'm gonna drop her tweet in the uh, <clears throat> podcast notes section. Caitlin, you can't you can't be just photoshopping me up into random monkeys. That's not cool. Oh, is that what happened here? <laughs> That's fantastic. That's not do you, good. Do you remember the the um Donkey Kong sound effect that we kept playing on Chomp Chain that one time? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> it's like all I hear in my head. I don't um, understand what why people uh like this is not a controversial opinion. Those 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 games like look like garbage. They looked kind of cool for the time because they were like that weird faux plastic three mm-hmm. D thing. But anybody with two eyes is not going to look at that and be like, "Oh, these are really beautiful games." I don't know. I, yeah, I appreciate I know. that you you guys like have some history with them, Jake. Specifically talking to you <laughs> right now, but I mean, come on. They're like I said, I, I agree with Jake. I I used to really like those games. I just yeah, I also just think they're super ugly. Yeah. And I've never I've I played them enough to know that I they, they weren't for me for whatever reason I just mm-hmm. never got into them so it was uh they were Donkey Kong Country two I think was the first Game Boy Color game I got so I just played it a lot because when you get a like a new console for me it was just I had no money because I was like eight 
So that was yeah. the game I had. You had the Game Boy. <laughs> that was the present. Yeah. Nobody wanted to buy you games after you right. got the Game Boy. <laughs> I got that, and I got some like 007 game that was sure. just yeah. it's like a no- just some nothing Game Boy game. <laughs> I remember getting uh, the PlayStation uh, PlayStation Four when it first came out. Like there was there's a bunch of games that came came out with it. Like there was some good stuff. Uh, but the one game that I got addicted to was that Resogun game. That was mm-hmm. I think it was free when it first came on, and I just like none of this AAA HD gaming goodness was not for me. Like I'm only going to yeah. play this little like indie game that's on the PSN, and I'm just going to play it to fucking death. So um, I don't know what I I got. Um... But no, I, so when I bought my PS4, yeah, it was it was almost a year later, I think. And I had, you know, listened to video game podcasts, just constantly being like, man, I want one, but I really don't need one. Man, I'd love to play The Last of Us again. That would be a great excuse to to play it again if I had a PS4 or got that version of it. Mm-hmm. Like all these different things. And then I pre-ordered Metal Gear Solid 5 and The Witcher 3 for PS4, and I didn't have a PS4 yet. So... I was like, this is a, this is a secret investment from from Mr. Christopher here. He's deciding he's doing this, uh, and then what? If, I don't remember when I but I um, finally just peed that tea. Went down to a Best Buy after work, ran in mm-hmm. there, all like mm-hmm. flustered and like sweating, just like, do you uh, do you guys have any PS4s? And then the guy was was like, yeah, man, they're over there. And I just went over and I had to like get it myself. And I was like, I'm allowed to do this. Okay, I'll just take it. That's fine. Then I I brought it up to the counter and there was an old man working there. Bless his heart, and he he got his. Lo- it had one of those like spider locks on it. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a oh, yeah, security yeah, yeah. Thing sensor thing. It has like, oh, that go, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He um it had one of those and he needed to unlock it, but he like couldn't do it. And he like pulled his key out and then it got tangled in his own badge. And then finally, I was like, "Do you want me to do it?" <laughs> so he just wow. handed me the key and I took it off. It's like it's cool, man. Uh, but yeah, I got Infamous fun. Second Son. And oh yeah, I didn't like that a game. game. A, a game I never would have played. Never ever would have played, and I got the platinum trophy in it because it was the only game I had for PlayStation Four because uh, I spent all my money <laughs> on those two things. <laughs> and then I got Destiny. That's why I got Destiny. It was the second game I got because again, nothing else for me to play. And then Destiny came out, and I was like, "This is the big the hotness. I'll get, I'll play it." I uh, I I, I reserved the PS Four like the day that you could on Amazon, mm-hmm. and they were guaranteeing us uh, like release day delivery. Except I knew that it was going to go UPS and that my UPS guy doesn't get it down here until like seven or eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And so that was not going to work. Like I wanted to take the day off. I wanted to get mm-hmm. it that morning, uh, but I'd already pre-ordered it. So I was kind of in a situation. So um, in the weeks leading up to it, I befriended my UPS guy, Larry. Ha! And uh, me and Larry started texting one another quite a bit. And so I finally just was like, hey, there's this package. Like, can I come meet you somewhere? <laughs> from the distribution center and he's like i got no problem with that he goes look i'll meet you at the Winn dixie parking lot at like 9 a.m and i'm like i cool so 9 a.m i showed up and did like the equivalent of a drug deal in the Winn dixie parking lot to get my ps4 and like some also some dog food <laughs> because he wanted he's like i'm not coming to your house later tonight take all of this yeah uh and then yeah i picked up my ps4 came home hooked it up and gamed all day my man gamed you know what the f- all I think- day <laughs> first thing i did was get the pt demo i really wanted to, to try that um that was like all i was into was playing pt i felt bad when, that i deleted that Oof. i was looking into there was some uh there was a reddit post where you could uh you had to use like this third party um proxy server to do it but it would let you re-download pt after it was removed from the store mm-hmm. 
but only if you had bought it again. But like you had to route all your traffic through this real shady, you know, proxy service. Oh, yeah. so it was like, you know, change your password before, change your password after, and then take a shower with your PS4. <laughs> um, so I never got around to doing it because I just didn't care that much. Yeah. I just, right. <clears throat> I, I, and still, and still don't like I, I played through that demo and I, you know, I, I think it was very spooky and, and very cool and I could see why people were into it, but it seems, it's just really strange to me that it's become like kind of a fan. Like it's such a huge like thing. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it's it's a real simple demo. Like you just play that thing. It is like a real simple demo. Yeah, fifteen or sixteen I, times. It's just neat. I went through it a lot because I played with a lot of different people, but I also just like I wanted there to be so much more to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, being like a Kojima junkie back then, and then I also like I'm, I'm a huge then. boy. I'm what a, you saying back then? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I'm a huge Silent Hill fan, so I just thought that um, it was finally going to be good again. Because like I think. I had I had just like gotten back into the series and I played Silent Hill Homecoming, which is not a good game. <laughs> so I was just like really, really looking forward to there being a good game. <sighs> a huge bummer for the because they had so many like huge, awesome series that are just like, nope, nobody gives a fuck because you destroyed it all. I don't think that this uh, Death Stranding game is ever going to come out. Yeah, might not ever come out. Although apparently they were uh, affected by the. Um, some strike. The voice actor. And now, strike. yeah, and so and, and now that it's like all taken care of, they actually have all of the like engine video game part of it done. They just need to now do like the story and an acting part of it. I don't. I don't believe that is exactly what I would say if I was never coming out <laughs> and I was a video game. <laughs> like, I just. It's just going to be an action adventure game. That's what he said. He said it's heavily inspired by the gameplay of Uncharted. It's like he said it forever ago, and everybody's like, "I wonder what it's going to play like." He already said what it's going to play like. It's going to be Metal Gear Solid Five. But Metal Gear Solid engine. Five is not is not Uncharted though. Like, no, I know, but it's just like is, is you're going to run around and you're going to shoot stuff and you're going to climb over things and that's it. I don't know. And then like every once in a while, like some invisible gross oil monster is going to come in and impregnate yeah. you. Well, of course, because you were Norman Reedus and you like to be impregnated. Apparently, yeah, impregnated. <laughs> I searched um, Aragorn and Frodo the other day because I was trying to look. Did you? I was trying to look for the part where Aragorn says something about how like he wouldn't take the ring from Frodo because he's like a solid guy. But um, but all it, like the fourth result down, first fourth search result down on on Google was Empreg Aragorn Ar- Frodo Empreg. Oh, I thought yeah, something went wrong. Something went wrong in this world. That's that's not great. Nope. Somebody was telling me about some Lord of the Rings bullshit the other day, and I just I didn't have the heart to tell them that it was, was it me. No, no, it wasn't you. I would I'll have the heart to tell you when I'm just not paying attention to your Lord of the Rings stuff. Mm. I don't remember who it was. Oh, uh, nobody was telling me about it. I was. Uh, do you follow Kamel Nanjani on Twitter? Of course I do. I'm his number one fan. Do. He uh he was tweeting about his like annual rewatch of the stories, and it actually made me yeah, I saw that. Re- when I rewatched the movies because I haven't seen them in a long time. So I was like, hmm, I should do that. They're good. Flex. So it would be it would be fun. Yeah, you don't have to like be like me and like change your whole like life for a couple of weeks every time you watch those movies. You can just enjoy them I, I, as like. I wasn't, promise you, I wasn't. You know? They're just movies. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like eight hours worth of uh, worth of a uh, you know so many I'm, years that I've been alive. This is this is a fun fact about me is that the first time I went to go see Lord of the Rings, I remember seeing the trailers and everything. I didn't I didn't know they were little. I didn't know that the they were hobbits because it's not mean? that cl- it's not that clear in like the original trailers, I guess, or because I was ten. I just wasn't paying enough attention. God, I didn't dead. care about what Lord of the Rings was before I watched the movies. 
And then I, I went to and say, I saw like, it. it's not like you were reading the books, or you probably hadn't seen no, the Hobbit yeah. cartoon on PBS or anything like that. No, no, I didn't. I just didn't really know what it was. I like vaguely had heard the words Lord of the Rings before, but um, I only cared about Final Fantasy back then. And so I went to go see the movie, and like the first scene where like Frodo like gets up and he like runs over to uh, Gandalf's cart as he's coming into the Shire, and I was like, something looks a little weird here, huh? <laughs> um, and then <laughs> like a few tired. minutes later, I was like, I was like, is he small? <laughs> <laughs> is that is, is he tiny like i am compared to my dad? yeah i wasn't even dad? tiny back then because in, in fourth grade i was like 180 pounds and and six feet tall so i was a big boy um have you but, seen uh you, you went to see the last jedi right yeah yeah um so over new year's autumn i hung out here and um drank and ate a lot of food and we watched a bunch of star wars stuff uh, mm-hmm. we, we tried to get through the holiday special, and that that is a no go. That's a hard pass from Jeremy. <laughs> That's, I don't know if you've tried that, Chris. It is fucking no, horrible. Uh, go listen to Expanding Universe. Our friend Brian Wade and uh, Gary mm-hmm. Butterfield did did a podcast about it, and they were very hilarious. And they'll tell you everything about it. Anyway, including Chewie's dad masturbating in the living room. Um, it's there's interesting. Zero other interpretation for it, by the way. Like z- okay. it's the commonly held okay. thing that that's anyway. Um. Are you familiar with the character Snoke in the yeah. in the movies and the newer mm-hmm. movies? So we watched The Force Awakens in the theater, and that was probably the last time we watched it. And then we watched uh, The Last Jedi in the theater when it came out a couple of years later. And over New Year's, we were watching The Force Awakens, and Autumn said, "So that's the same dude from The Last Jedi." I was like, "Yeah, that's Snoke." And she goes, "But he's so big in this one." i was like yeah that's the like hologram like that's how he's she's like that's not just like how he is i was wondering why he was so tiny in the the last jedi and i was like no no same dude he's just a normal he's not a giant (laughs) weird face shaped dude like that that would be a little unfair to all of the other jedi i think (laughs) it's true just reminded me of you and are are they little is he big are they are they little Uh, Uh, and i remember i was like I'm out. This is I'm not I'm not here for this for these little babies running around. I'm sorry. I'm a big kid now. I'm ten. Um, I don't have time for babies. Excuse me, Gary. Please take me home. Please let me sit in the front this time. Um, but then like a few minutes later, I don't know what happened. That I was just like uh, a few minutes later, five. Gandalf like lit off those fireworks with his yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just pipe or like, something. Because Samwise Gamgee is my favorite character. People don't know that about me. People think I love Aragorn, and I do love Aragorn. Because he's cool. But, like, Samwise is the person that we, you know, you want to be. Aragorn is like, you want to be cool like Aragorn because he's just like, oh, sweet dude with a mullet and a sword. But Samwise is like, he's a lot more like all of us regular people, but he still does the right thing. You know, he just wants to stay home and garden, but he's there for his friends and he does what's right. And Samwise has so many breakfasts. And so, so many breakfasts. And he's got pots and pans all up and down. Samwise is the true hero of Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, he's he's the one that actually makes the, that whole movie work. Like mm-hmm. it, the it, the, move, the ring would have never gotten to Mount Vesuvius or whatever if not yes, that's for correct. Samwise Goldleaf <laughs> yeah. or whatever his name is. Yeah, Samwise get, Samwise Goldleaf goes to Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> um, I know that that is one hundred percent correct. I have not mm-hmm. I'm not worried at all. You know, Samwise is such a good a good dude. You know, only ring bearers get to go to uh, Valinor with the elves when they sail to the White Shores. Of course, Samwise. Samwise gets to go too, even though he never. Oh, I think it's because he did technically have the ring for like a minute when he held onto it for Frodo and then didn't put it on. Oh, um, I thought it was because uh, Frodo got him uh, impregnated. Because because Frodo got him impregnated, they're like, 
this is a tricky situation. The elves were like, this is a tricky situation. We just need to deal with this. And it's going to take a while to unpack. So let's go. Because the elves are progressive. They're, they're here to listen. They're here to a understand. Family can they, the, a family can be two hobbits. A family can be two hobbits. And but the elves, they still need time, and they don't have as much time in you know in the realm of men. Like they have to go to their place. So like you know, Samwise, come on, well you know, it's fine. We'll figure it out. But it's going to take a while. And here we have nothing but time. So, um, he's he was just what what I'm saying is he was just a, such a solid bro that he got he gets to go to the he gets to live his whole life. He lives up into his 90s, something like that. He gets to be mayor of Hobbiton for years and years and years, and then he's got all these children and his children go on to have lived successful lives. Samwise has got it all. And then, at the very end of it all, he's got all these little grandkids running around everywhere. He gets to go and be with his one true love, Frodo Baggins, in mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. in, in The, the father of his child. The father of his child! <laughs> <laughs> they get to start a family together. Meanwhile, Merry and Pippin, I don't really remember what they get up to in, in the, the years after, but they do get buried next to Aragorn. Which is like a pretty big deal because he's like King LSR, like he's the you know big dick it's, swinging. It's a pretty big deal for everybody but Aragorn. <laughs> like everybody yeah. involved except Aragorn is probably really enthusiastic about this plan. Meanwhile, Aragorn, dead Aragorn, his ghost is looking down at his uh, grave and thinking like, "Where is that elvish chick? She was supposed yeah. to die with me." No, she was. Well, Stephen Tyler's daughter. Elf. So I actually don't remember. I think she, I'm pretty sure she dies because she gave up her. Yeah, she gives I up think, her elfness, right? Well, yeah. If you if she had gone to be if she had gone to Valinor, she'd like remain like that. She didn't like the necklace is such as like a symbol, but it's not like, hey, I'm giving you this thing, and that's my. It's just a symbol of her giving up that life to to become mortal. Um, like a promise ring doesn't mean that you're actually it's like a, promised. To it's like a promise you. ring doesn't yeah, mean that you're a virgin, but it means that like you tell <laughs> tell everyone it means you you've are. only had sex one time, or you're a virgin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's a big, it's big ups to Merry and Pippin because they get to be ma- buried next to, to the king. So that's cool. Cause they were like, you know, you guys helped a lot. You guys that'd got like s- me. That'd be like me getting buried next to David Bowie. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, like even if I like helped David Bowie his entire life, if I carried David Bowie's guitar for, you know, mm-hmm. 25 years of my life and David Bowie had loved me and I got buried next to him, people for the rest of eternity would be like, oh, this is David Bowie's grave. And Jeremy rear because the g would be knocked <laughs> off because like I, nobody wouldn't care care about my grave like it would just be the mo- it would be the worst thing and nobody well, what if you were super brave mary and pippin I, were super brave okay first off i am second yeah. were they were <laughs> so i have a i got a thing about mary and pippin here they go in, they go to war and what's his name mary sure i guess is when you queuing me up there i don't mary what's his last name <laughs> did they have brandy buck names? okay um i mean i, so I just mary, their middle name was the and their last name was i Hobbit. always get these two mixed up and i don't know why mary i believe somebody can correct me if i'm wrong mary is the one who stabs the um the nazgul king the witch king under in the in the back or whatever so that aowen can cut its head off or stab him in the face whatever so basically like they they just they do some shit that's what i'm saying they're little they're just little babies they're like tiny like they, you can barely even see them and they go to war with men. So like that's you know, that they, they were brave, but also they were super big to the whole time. So like were they even brave or were they just high out of their fucking mind? Nobody knows. Brand, with a name like Brandy Buck, they were definitely yeah, high for all sure. of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um so anyway, I think that that's uh that's it for me. We're forty minutes in. We ought to start this podcast. You think so? Because I got I have to edit after this. <laughs> 
and I um right when we got started, I'm I finished my water, so I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, I'm, I mean I'm all out of thirsty. Um, I'm all out of Lord of the Rings lore, I'm so all out of love. yeah, right that back. too. Sam tilted his head. I guess that's possible, but still, that's a lot of paperwork just to humor me. And honestly, he could have killed me my whole college career at any point just by not filling that stuff out. None of this stuff rang right to Dean. You mean to tell me that Dad filled out all that crap every year? Uh, Sam hesitated. Dean knew that look on his brother's face. He was hiding something. What'd you do, Sammy? You're talking about Sam's time at Smanford University, of course. There was a long pause. The coffee maker started gurgling as the boiling water poured through the filter and into the glass pot. I, Sam, gulped. (laughs) I just wanted to end the sentence there, but Sam gulped down some more coffee to stall, then said, I got them to declare me independent. Excuse me? Dad wouldn't speak to me after I left, so I couldn't very well get him to fill out the paperwork for sophomore year, and I'm not a good enough forger to fake a signature. But I would have lost the scholarship, so I provided documentation that my father was missing and couldn't be found, which, by the way, is pretty, e- pretty easy to sell, since Dad was missing from a legal perspective. So they declared me independent. I could fill out all this, the forms myself. So you're saying you disowned Dad? Sam opened his mouth, closed it, then lamely said, He disowned me first. Anger flared within Dean, but it burned to ashes almost instantly. After the crap dad pulled on his freaking deathbed, I'm not about to defend the son of a bitch. You know what, you're right. More later. Come here. I'm gonna lay my head gently on your shoulder. Maybe we can cry, hug. Yeah, good stuff. Are you ready to go to the next episode? For sure. Okay, because I have, am dying. I have to go to the bathroom so bad. Dude, Sam, I got a pee so bad. Let's do this. <laughs> Alright, good. <laughs> Yo, I'm back. Are you here? Back to a reading from Supernatural Nevermore. Besides, it was over and done with. Getting into an argument with Sam about Dad right now would just about kill him, he thought. Fine, he said ter- tersely. So what's all this got to do with him not telling us about McBain? Remember the air traffic guy, Jerry? Dean nodded. He and Dad had saved Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Panowski from a poltergeist, and Jerry later called in hi- on him and Sam when a spirit was crashing planes. That was season one, episode four. Uh, he wasn't sure what Jerry had to do with anything, though. What about him? He said that Dad went on about how proud he was that I was in s- at S- Smamford. I couldn't believe it, but now I'm starting to understand. Having pretty much lost all track of Sam's point, even if he had one, Dean threw up his hands. Understand what? Even while he was training us, he was protecting us. He yelled at me for going to Stan- Excuse me. He yelled at me for going to Smanford, but he was proud of me and helped me go in the first place. For everything he taught us, there's about 50 things we've had to figure out on our own or caught off guard by. Hell, Dean, the whole reason he up and disappeared a year ago is because he was trying to protect us from the demon. And he only let us come with him after we dropped a brick. <laughs> Hold on. And he only let us come with him after we dropped a brick wall on his head. Dean found himself staring intently at meant who the fuck at manfred's sink listening to the gurgling of the coffee maker after several quiet seconds sam tentatively said dean finally dean turned around and stared up at his brother the man he'd come to find when dad had disappeared the man he told to protect at all costs and kill if he couldn't protect him in a very soft voice dean said you know what i think i should do a voice for dean you know what i think I think dads need to fight evil excuse me i think dads need to fight evil was constantly fighting with his need to keep you and me safe 
and I think he couldn't win that fight, and I think that fight killed him. Sam and Dean just stared at each other for a few seconds. Manfred's voice sounded from the staircase. Are you fellas awake? Both brothers said. In here, simultaneously, unable to help himself, Dean broke into what turned out to be a cathartic grin. Sam returned it. Manfred wearing a pair of hole-filled sweatpants and a faded tie-dye t-shirt shuffled into the kitchen on bare feet. You fellas all right? Yeah, Dean said. Just had our daily. (laughs) What the fuck does that say? (laughs) <laughs> we don't. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, Dean said. We just had our daily allotment of emo angst. We're over it. Oh, and I had a whole and I had a load of wash. That okay? I put a load in the wash. I can't read out loud, you guys. I'm gonna read the whole thing again. Yeah, <laughs> Dean said. Just had our daily allotment of emo angst. We're over it. Oh, and I put a load in the wash. That okay? No problem, fellas. My casa is your casa. Thanks. Now, normally I wouldn't be- oh, what? Who the fuck is speaking right now? I guess it's- Now, normally I wouldn't be up this early on a Saturday, but I just remembered something you fellas might want to know about. He walked over to the cabinet, pulled out a pottery mug that had an ugly scrunched up face carved to the side of it, and the word grumble etched over it, and poured himself some coffee. A while back, Aldo had himself a girlfriend who was a real Riker. Sam squinted. Dean rolled his eyes. He means a Queensryche fan. Not the first- <laughs> He means a Queensryche fan, not the first officer of the Enterprise. Before Sam could say anything, Manfred went on. Her name was Roxy or something, I think. Was she a blonde? Dean asked. Manfred gulped down some coffee and then he gave a gap-toothed grin. Aldo only dated blondes. And the next episode is called And Then There Will Be None. That's not, that's not, let me, let me redate that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then there was some. And then, then there was going to be like four or something. I don't know. Um, and though there were none. <laughs> the rural door. <laughs> the next episode we're covering is And Then There Will Be None. Why can't oh, I say so, this fucking okay. episode? I can't and then there were none. Like the, uh, Agatha Christie novel. Yeah, yeah, that I, I've been okay. Your book, the next you episode, read it? we're gonna. <laughs> I, to, I read it for sc- at school for some reason. Yeah, like, I, I think, I, we, yeah, I, think I did too. My dad did too when he was a kid. That's weird. Yeah.